Welcome to the What's Happening podcast. This is episode dose number two. Number two. They say two is better than one. That's what I've always heard. Except for Caddyshack. Two. So they say. Caddyshack two was not better than one. Dude, <laughs> I got to say this before we jump into anything. Mighty Ducks two D two was better than one. It was. You know. Yeah. Like. And Ghostbusters two is not better than Ghostbusters one, but I like Ghostbusters two more than Ghostbusters one. I got you. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. So. Some Get your sequels ready, folks. Yeah, yeah, some sequels are actually okay. but And one thing we're going to talk about later in the podcast, movies that should have had a sequel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But before we get there, yeah. it's a big time of year in sports. Oh, is it? Locally, nationally, regionally, all it is all around us. You got starter baseball. Spring training. But more year. so than anything, it's basketball fever. It's March. It's madness, baby. Basketball Jones. Yeah, a lot of things going on. Man, we here locally for us. We just wrapped up state championships. Before I jump in anything else, Brian, you've got some big house winners, do you not? Well, there were there were some big not winners. winners to us. Yeah, but they did they did secure victory. I, yeah, yeah. They, we're proud for some of these teams that are in our area. Yeah, uh, and you know, in girls in the area, we had Pine Grove, one another one a state championship. Texas, Katie Bates, man, man uh, she. Her teams play hard. They always have one that can kind of get it done a little bit better than the others. All the girls are fundamentally sound. They know their role. Yep. She's a demanding coach. She does a good job. They're it's just they're it's a dynasty, winning. and it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, they are challenged by Ingemar going forward, dropping the war, dropping down. That's that'll, right. That'll be a new challenge going forward. So yep. shout out to them. That's a that's a that's and a, shout out to Ingemar too on, yeah, on their girls, the seniors. Year. They just graduated. The run they've had didn't end how they wanted to, but three straight state championships before this year. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting to see going forward for them. Uh, in two A, Newton they won. They're always kind of a perennial power in two A. Three A, first state championship in school history for the Kasuth Lady Aggies. And the local flair beat the Belmont Lady Be- Cardinals. Belmont, they should have just played that game. They could have played that at the Davis yeah. uh, at the uh, Bonner Arnold. Yeah, three A. The three A girls were really competitive. This oh year. yeah, very much uh, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Yazoo was good from the Delta, uh, Ruval. Yeah. As a dandy dozen that's going to Ole Miss, she could play. Our good buddy Bill Russell. Our Bill and them had a really good squad down at South. Uh, yeah. Nettleton was good this year. Yeah. The two teams we just mentioned that were in the state championship, Kasuth and Belmont. Absolutely. Really good. But shout out to the Lady Aggies. That's a, that's no a doubt. big deal. Huge. And um, I'll say this, and I, I'm not speaking out of turn here. Amongst the teams in that Prentice County, Alcorn County corridor, as you would say, people think of Wheeler boys. Yeah. They think of, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your new site girls and stuff like that. Kasuth girls. Up until recently, they've kind of been an afterthought. Yeah, and, well, they've, and they've always been pretty good. But yeah. They never quite got there right, you know, often. Uh, but them winning one kind of validates what's sure. going on there. I mean, I mean, just And then the team they beat, Belmont, and the history they've got. I mean, and for what it's worth, Belmont knocked off Choctaw Central. Yeah. Who everybody had as well. You've had a good season, but you're going to run into Choctaw Central. So, shout out to Belmont for yeah. beating them to get to Kasuth. You know, yeah. that's... Really cool. Game plan, scouting, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, taking away a stud player yeah. defensively, man, that works out for them. No so, doubt. Know, and for a uh, Louisville girls. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, you know, not they were they were tough. Not necessarily a surprise that they won it, but yeah. uh, I think they're going to be challenged next year by Pontotoc. Yeah, your 2020 for a girl state champs, the Pontotoc Lady Warriors, I, led by Kyle Hurd. <laughs> putting the pressure on. He hates us for doing <laughs> that so bad. Uh, and 5A, Olive Branch. From yeah. just up by 22. They won the 5A girls. The Buford girl was the Gatorade player of the no year. Doubt. She can she can go. Uh, and 6A, Pearl. Class SA girls, yeah. Pearl won. Um, and in the boys' side, man, there was some local flair here. Uh, win and lose. So. I've got to stop you real quick. Yeah. And I don't know the full story behind this, but I saw this was really cool. It was a video tweeted out. 
Pearl's girls, they won a state title. I want to say their coach was is, is military. Their coach got deployed in November. Yeah. And the coach's spouse. Her husband. Yeah, her husband coached the team. Took over. Yeah. So, and they, but they FaceTimed her in after they won the state. How yeah, cool is that, that is man? Cool. That's, that anyway, cool. go ahead with boys. No, no, I was just going to say in boys, uh, East Marion defeated our one of our local favorites, Oklahoma. Hometown of Mitch McCamey, our episode one yeah, uh, guest. I hate it, man. Jo- Jacorius Stanfield is Northeast Mississippi basketball. Oh, yeah. They're, and it's, yeah. I hate to say it for a kid like that. Not Arteria Clifton, it's not surprising, but, like, you don't hear his name thrown out. Maybe does as good a job as anybody in as our anybody, area. Yeah. I would put guys like him, Adam Kirk. Oh, yeah. You know, right up there. In that Coach same Stipler, breath. Uh, you know, all of yeah. the same breath. You know, Coach Norwood does a heck of a job, too, though. They no go doubt. down there. Um, you know, uh, Velma Jackson won the 3A. Uh, they always do what they do there. Yeah. Uh, two A Bay Springs beating oh, Lamar. Man, it was a heartbreaker. Shout out to Coach Ashley, all and those Chip guys, Johnson, Chip Johnson, Keelan Halls, Zach Sugars. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, the Bynum kid. That was a good group. And I'll tell you another, just an, a quick shout out. The coverage that our Daily Journal guys, Dalton Middleton, Bradlock, provided for them, and the article they put out the day after they lost the state title about how important basketball is to Ingemar. If you are interested in basketball, you coach basketball, your yeah. community is, read that article. Absolutely. Ingemar does it better than anybody. They do. Uh, from the way the game is played to the fans, the knowledge in the stands. Yes. Uh, their coaching hires they've made throughout the year. I mean, pretty much just hiring Ashley. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's all they got. Uh, and concession stand. Oh. That hamburger. Oh, oh, hamburger and a Mountain Dew. You cannot beat it there. Uh, in 4A, uh, Raymond won. And they lost – Five starters from last year, and that's or? their third straight title. Yeah, starting a dynasty down there. They are. They're, that's a really and good you, squad. You coached against Raymond one year. Did I have you know? coached against Raymond one yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, man, they're tough. It's it's, it's different down there, man. It's, it's it's we we've talked about this before. It's starting to get to where Raymond, Florence, Bahia, Greenwood, or Gentry have a stranglehold on the really boys basketball. And they've got athletes. And the thing about Raymond is you don't see much of them. No. Because they play bigger schools. Yeah. They kind of play the yeah. good 3A teams in that area that are just below them. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you look up and, oh, man, they're, you know, they're something in eight. You know, they're not, yeah. they are not don't have that really demanding of a schedule. They've or, lost to Provine and Lanier four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that, it's, it's insane how good they are. But they've always kind of been yeah. there. And, you know, basketball's their thing. They don't really do anything else. It is. Basketball's Mac- uh, it. Yeah, Macomb. I don't, I'm not sure what class Macomb is. They might still be 4A. Yeah. But a few years ago, Macomb and Raymond were always battling it. And yep. Raymond has kind of surged ahead yep. right now down there. Uh, in 5A, man, what a game. Center Hill beating Olive Branch. 75-73. And you and I talked about this. This was the game that everybody probably was anticipating. It you was, knew those two were This was there. like the championship fight. You know yes. what I mean? The heavyweight championship. If fight. it was a UFC night, it would be the main event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Calvin Temple, man, he's a stud. Uh, IUPUI, I think, is where he's going. That's right. And they are getting a steal. They are getting a no four-year. Question. They're getting a four-year letterman. I think he's a three-year starter. Yep. Um, gets a little bit of a bad rap because he's moved around some, got tattoos, yeah, like all that stuff. But that's just people stereotyping. He's a good kid. Yeah. And his coach, I'm, I'm going to speak to coach Coach Newton Miller. I remember Coach Miller when he was really young. He just got out of, got into coaching. He, he went, to, I think he went to Briarcrest, played at Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, coach Miller was at Lighthouse Christian Academy in Memphis, and my dad was the coach at Munford, and we used to play them early in the year and scrimmage them because they were kind of right down the road. And when Coach Miller was a young coach, uh, he had a lot of energy. You know what I mean? And uh, there were times when, and hey, I'm not speaking out of turn here, he was always funny, but we kind of uh, viewed him as goofy over there because he was so yeah. energetic and and so into what he was doing. Uh, but I'll say this: It's been 13, 14 years. He's he's been from the, went from there to Center Hill, and 
Nothing has changed. He still has as much energy and exuberance yeah. for the players. He cares about them. He did everything in his power to make sure Calvin Temple was taken care of, whether he was eligible or not, last year. Yeah. You know, he moved off, went to a prep school, came back. Man, there was no qualm. Come on back. Yeah. I know you had to do what's best for you. I want you to do what's best for you. Shout out to Newton Miller for doing no, a no really kidding. good job. And just beating Olive Branch this year, getting over that hump, I think it's going to create a really, really good rivalry in DeSoto County that, no that, doubt. that the county has lacked for a while. Sure. Uh, Olive Branch was really good years ago. You know what I mean? And then in DeSoto, South Haven had the surge. South Haven had the surge with CD and Taze. And then uh, Horn Lake was good for a while. Uh, Center Hill, being a new school, is kind of coming yeah. into their own. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what's going on there. They've had good junior high programs. Yep. And uh, the battle between two teams, literally right down Goodman Road from each other, is going to be interesting going forward. And it'll also be interesting, I want to say, to see if the kids at OB stay. Yeah. They're so close to Memphis. DJ Jeffries is gone. Kind of uh, the Joe Cooper. The sure. guard's gone. It'll just be interesting. Cam Matthews coming up is a good player. You know, they've got some guys uh, that can play, but it's so – uh, hit or miss up there with seeing if people are going to be staying together. I mean, yearly it changes. They go play for a good AU squad. They get recruited yeah. out to a private school in Memphis. Sure. Things change. So it'll be interesting to see what goes forward there. And then the 6A, Starville. Greg Carter, man. Man, just gets so it awesome. done. Loses D1s, loses college players, wins state championships. And you know what's interesting about that, too? Starville is a community that and they're good at – you know, they care about all their sports. Starville High School does. But – for years and years and years and years, Starkville has been a football power. Yeah. Very, very neat to see football and basketball coexist and Greg Carter get it done. And he does such a good job. And, you know, I'm it, I'm not that old. I'm, you know, I'm 36. Uh, moved to this area, mid-90s. But I can't remember much about Starkville basketball prior to Greg Carter. Exactly. I mean, you know, just being right. honest. No, know, like no said, doubt. You know, I, I only really remember them coming into their own about the time Travis Outlaw came through. Well, and you think about this, they've won four state titles. He's been a part of all of them. Every one of them. You know, that's that's cool. That's really cool. And shout out to him, man. I know it's a huge time of year for him. Shout out to all the state champions, all the ones that didn't win. The ones we know of will be back. They'll be back. I mean, <laughs> Ingemar and New Sight, they'll be back before they'll, you know. They'll it. be back. Uh, Ingemar boys, they'll be back. Tuplo boys, Tuplo they've boys got it. They, they were junior loaded this year. They got a chance to get yeah, right. And back. you know, Coach Justice always does a good job with those oh, girls. Oh man, yeah, I watched the game that they got put out in North Half, and man, I'm telling you, they were right there. Yeah, they they're absolutely. They'll be in the right thick of things. They always are. So yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, one team that I would like to say that I would like to uh, put on notice for next year. Pontotoc boys. Oh. I, I, they had a good year this year. I got beat by Gentry. Yeah. Gentry's always good, but uh, no seniors on the on the roster. None. Uh and I really think next year they have a chance to win it all. I know Raymond's good. They're always reloading. Oh, yeah. Everybody's good. Ripley will be good. Everybody will be talking. Sure. Uh, but I just feel like this they were so close this year that next year will be the year. And really, staying in the same realm. We've already talked about it a little. Kyle Hurd's girls also. Did not graduate a senior. So they'll be right there in the thick of it. And Definitely as well as, you know, the other two, Ripley will be back. Ripley lost in the state final. So, you know, Coach Coach Willie's done a phenomenal job. Is it Willie or Wiley? Wiley. Wiley. I, think Wiley. I think it's yeah. Wiley. I'll just ask him. Yo, dog. Just, hey, man, Willie or Wiley? <laughs> just tell us when, once. When we call him, we just say, hey, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. But anyhow. But no, also, just segue into a little bigger time basketball. It is SEC tournament time, man. And 
Most recently, Mississippi State's girls capturing the SEC crown. Pretty cool hump for Vic Schaefer and squad to get over. Played in the championship game four years in a row. It's the first win. This was the first win. People yes. forget that. Yeah. Because, I mean, honest to God's truth, you play in two national championships, the SEC championship kind of takes a back seat. But right. really cool to see him get his first one, man, and, and with the group of seniors he's got. Uh, Tierra had a big game, man. You know, it, it, Jazz and, and Dan Barry have been phenomenal. And Rio Howard. Good tournament for them. Really would. And, and like – Depending on how things shake out, I don't know the other scores. They're right there on that line. We we talked about this before. What they had to do to get a one, well, they've done their part. Now they just need somebody else to lose. Right. You're right about They're that. They're sitting at five. So you do the math for the top four, get a one. Yeah. If somebody loses, state's a one. If not, there'll be a two and just need to be on the other side of you coming. Be opposite of who you yeah, – yeah, be be opposite of them. You know, you mentioned in Mississippi State, I was able to watch several of their games in this SEC Women's Tournament. And – it, it, it brings a question up in my brain. I want to ask you: They throttled Tennessee women. Oh, it, yes. And I watched the press, the post game press conference with Harley, Holly Warlick up here, the coach of Tennessee. We didn't have enough today. You know, I mean, that's what she was saying. Yeah. You know, and you know, we just just didn't have enough horses to go, and we just didn't play our best game. I got a question: Is there any program in the entire college sports landscape underachieving more than Tennessee women's basketball right now? Man, I mean, I can't. I cannot think of a, a program Th- this that, under, is that, that is underachieving that, as bad as that. As, as big as question, you know. It's it's always, and you think about this. It's a lot of the times with a sport like basketball is the ultimate sport that men and women get excited about from a fan's perspective, from a player's perspective, coach's perspective. It's really, really hard to be good at both, and it's almost the almost the exact opposite. For a while, happened at Mississippi State. The men's program was trending down. The women's program was trending up. We're at Tennessee. Here's the men's team in the top ten. Big wins. Make, looking to make a big run in the tournament. Women's program declining. It's tank is so you know. And, 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 you know, we've talked about this before, just you and I. You never want to be the coach after the coach. And that's one thing that Holly Warlick is – I mean, she's never gotten the benefit of the doubt on because she played there. She played for Coach Summit. And Coach Summit is the GOAT. Right. Like, I mean, like, you know, and then the same question, you know, who's going to take GNRMM's job? Well, the thing I think that UConn will be smarter at than Tennessee is Tennessee took it for granted. They, they sure did. They, they said, just assumed they things said, they, the show They said, we could go hire on. a former player here that's been sitting beside Pat, and she can do the same thing. That's right. UConn will go throw as much money as they need to yeah. at whoever they need to, or they'll pull a South Carolina slash University of Memphis basketball, and they'll hire a name. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. And, 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 and what we have learned in girls' women's basketball in college, for the longest time, it's about who has the players. That's right. I mean, let's just be real here. Uh, there's only a, there's only so many of those top top That's level right. players to go around, and you get somebody that can can bring in those players, can coach a little bit. UConn, I think, will do a better job yeah. of that. Now, if I was Tennessee, what I would do with the next hire, and there should be a next hire, there should be a next hire as of the day they got beat by Mississippi State in the SEC right. tournament. Um, by the way, Tennessee's women have played in every NCAA tournament since it started. That's right. And that's in jeopardy this year. Very much so. Very I think they're 18 and 13 mm-hmm. and one game above and 500. And got some bad losses. Got some bad losses. Um, if I was Tennessee, I really don't know. I really don't know who there is out there to hire. But I would find out what Tyler Summit is doing. Pat's son. La Tech. He's at La Tech. Is he the head coach there? I believe so. I would find out what he was doing. And here's why. If you're going to go that route, go with the name. And that's the name. Because every person who went 
to Tennessee basketball games, myself included, when I lived up in Knoxville, you saw little Tyler running little around kid. the bench. Little kid. Everybody loved him. He'd run around the court, you know, and do all kind of stuff. And he was in out press conferences and photo ops of Pac. She yeah. loved her kid. Sitting on her knee. I would. I don't. I don't even know what kind of team he has. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. imagine they're they're terrible with last name Summit, or we know about it. But I'd, I, would, I would make a splash, or I would hire that name right there. Well, I, would, you, I, would, I would go. F- you know what I'm scared of. I'm just going to go hire Vic Schaefer. I'm scared that. Th- I mean, here's the thing. I'd, I'd throw so much money to back up the Brinks truck. I think if there's a name. I mean, there's not. I mean, here's the thing. Kim Mulkey, Muffet McGraw. Yeah. They've been where they're at forever. They've won championships. They're not going anywhere. Right. If you're ever going to make a run at Vic Schaefer, you better make it now. Yeah. Because it's get it's to the point now to where you've said this before. Mississippi State's women's a premier program in the SEC right now. I also want to say this. Speak, you're talking about making a run at Vic Schaefer. If there's ever a time you should do it, because I think if there's ever a time he's looking to leave, it's this year. It, 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 he's losing what he started with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lost Vivians and William last year. And then the year two of recruiting, this is T and Danbury and Jazz. Now, don't get me wrong. He's got two Gatorade Player of the Years in their and respective McDon- states. And, American and, a, one, and a Mickey yeah. D's chick. So, it's not like there's not going to be talent there. And you know, Chloe will come back right. from ACL. They'll be good. But it's one of those questions that we'll never know because we would have to ask Vic Schaefer just to be yep. sure, and he'd give us a coach speak answer. But you can go to Tennessee, and the recruits will flock mm-hmm. because they know you can win, and they yeah. know what Tennessee is. Yeah. And that scares me. But for, for Mississippi State's sake, I think because Vic has built it to what it is, and like I can tell you this, and this is no disrespect to Sharon Fanning Otis, but 10 years ago, there may be 200 people at those games. Well, and there were, you know, Mississippi State's women have had fantastic players. Oh, yeah. LaToya, LaToya Thomas, Thomas. Tan White. Tan White. Those people could Top play. three picks in the WNU draft. Yeah. But I think now, I mean, there are people that literally drive two or three hours away to go watch a women's basketball game in Starkville, Mississippi. I've gone, I'm not a Mississippi State women's fan. I'm not I'm a Mississippi State fan in general. Yeah. I don't hate. I think they play really good basketball. Yeah. I've gone to three yeah. in the last two years. I've been to more women's games since Schaefer's been there than I have men's games. Yeah. I, hate, I mean, and I, it's not by choice. It's just like, man, I got to go see these. I went to the uh, tournament last year. Right. Played Nickel State and Oklahoma State. I, saw, I mean, man, phenomenal. We all like to see good games. Yes. But we all like to see our teams kick somebody's ass. That's I mean, absolutely I, I like to right. go to the gym yes. and sit down and know there's not a worry in my bones. Now, when the tournament comes, everybody's like, I want to watch good basketball. No. I want my team to beat everybody. To win. 20. I don't care if it's dirty care. or not. I mean, speaking back when I was uh, when I was watching the, uh, the, the uh, 08 Memphis basketball team. Oh, yeah. The coolest thing ever was to go to Boondocks downtown and walk in there and watch us throttle UCLA and Kevin Love by 20 <laughs> and order everybody drinks and not have to worry about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but Yeah, I know CDR and Dorsey and yeah, D-Rose. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like going to Mississippi State women's game. <laughs> you go down there, and there's no real threat of a loss. You're going right. to leave in a happy mood. And even when you play the good teams, South Carolina, yeah. people like that, you're still probably going to win at home. And yeah. even if you don't win. Okay, cool. We lost one. You know what I mean? Like you're a really great team. Twenty nine and two. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to get. You're never going to. If you're the Mississippi State women, you're never going to lose to Furman. No. You know, there's 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 not enough parity in the sport that's right. there. So I mean, that that's Absolutely. why I enjoy going to watch. Sure. Them play because it's just like man, they're going to throttle people. Jumping on the men's side, SEC tournament to come this week, starting Wednesday, with the little play in. This is kind of cool because everybody gets in now. You remember right. the old days when we'd have 14 you to, teams? You had, you had to qualify. You didn't, yeah, I mean, that was crazy, but no kidding. Uh, here's what we've got. we got Wednesday. It's in Nashville this it's year, It's in right? Nashville, Man. which I don't like because there's two teams that I know are going to show up in droves with their fans, and they're both on Mississippi well, State side. And Ole Miss Well, one of those teams would show up in droves if they played it on, on the moon. And Norway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vanderbilt wouldn't, but anyway, continue there. What but uh, uh, starting Wednesday, you've got Missouri and Georgia. 
And Vanderbilt and Texas A&M. Your right, so Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Missouri, Georgia. Is that what you said? That's right. Okay. And then, of course, you know, you've got the six spots that have buys and the five and six. The five is Auburn. They get um, they get the winner of Miss Missouri and Georgia. And then on the other side of their bracket, the eight nine game, you've got the Florida Gators and Arkansas Razorbacks. On the bottom side of the bracket, Mississippi State got the six seed, which is the single buy, and they are playing Vanderbilt or A and M. So they're going to be playing A and M. And on the other side of that bracket, you've got Ole Miss and Alabama. In the quarterfinals, the double buy. Uh, this is crazy looking at their record because they've done so well in SEC play. But LSU won the conference. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute because I know what's there on your is mind. A lot to talk about. There. Yes, there is. Uh, but they're the number one overall seed, SEC regular season champs. Uh, the number four seed. Shout out to Coach Benson cutting down the nets. <laughs> in the PMAC. Uh, the the number four seed, South Carolina Gamecocks at like seventeen and fifteen. I think I literally think they're sixteen and fifteen. Like literally. And they're 10, 11, and 7 in conference. And but their resume is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, you know, a few years ago, uh, there was a – I think this was even pre-Georgia winning the SEC tournament and getting the auto bid that year. Oh, yeah. One year, Georgia was like 16 and 14 yeah. before that, and they made the tournament because they were like maybe, you know, like I said, 11 and 4. Or oh, yeah. Conference. So there is a precedent set that yeah. they look if towards – If you the, schedule tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could get rewarded. And there's several teams like Texas, Syracuse. They're like several teams scheduled tough. And what committee members got the stones to look Frank Martin in the eyeballs and say, we're not going to let you determine this, your coach? Not me. Uh, not me. He could have been 14 and 16, and I'd let him in. Yeah, what, which region you want to be in? Cool. <laughs> we'll put you in the play-in in Dayton. Yeah. yeah. Well, who, what, who are the top three seeds there? Uh, so LSU at one, South Carolina at four on the top side of the bracket, and then the two and three, Kentucky is the two, and they'll play the winner of Ole Miss and Alabama. And then Tennessee plays the winner of Mississippi State and the winner of Texas A&M and, and Vanderbilt. So pretty good SEC tournament. Line yeah, and, and after those first few games, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, man, Florida until long ago, <laughs> not too long ago, bubble team. Arkansas's got a lottery pick in Gafford. Yeah, Auburn's good. I mean, yeah. they proved they can play with anybody over the weekend. Um, South Carolina's not an out. No, they're, they're not. They're, I mean, you better bring it. They're not. If I had to make a prediction. Yeah, I want you. I want you to run it through and tell me. Tell me your SEC final. My SEC final. And and, and from here over for the from the quarterfinals over, I want you to tell me how that shakes out. All right, I've got uh, I've got Auburn beating South Carolina. Okay. I have got. Uh, let's see here, Florida. Let's see, LSU is going to beat Arkansas. Then we'll have LSU Auburn in the uh, top part of the bracket going to the finals. Auburn. We'll be in the finals over there. They'll beat LSU. Uh, and let's see, at the bottom half, um, man, I'm going <laughs> to – I know, man. Tug yeah. it on your heart, I'm tug it on your head. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Tennessee beats Mississippi State <laughs> after Mississippi State beats A&M. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, and Tennessee gets to the, the bottom half down there in the semi. And in the top half, man – I'm going to go Rebels. I picked against them oh, all the time. Oh, you jerk. I pick against them all the time. Uh, I'm going to go Rebels beating Bama, Kentucky beating the Rebels, Kentucky beating Tennessee. Okay, never Kentucky mind. winning it all. So, okay. Yeah, that, that's what I got going on. So, this is the time of year that Kentucky does what Kentucky does. You're absolutely right. And they're about to make a run. Um, I just I, I think Auburn is going to do some stuff. And sports karma seems to work out, and I do not think LSU is going to be rewarded for the shenanigans going on right I now. I agree. But I agree a little bit differently. Tell me about it. In my quarterfinals, I've got Florida beating Arkansas. Okay. I think Florida knows 
that I mean, Arkansas is not getting in unless they win this tournament. Right. We know that. But I think Florida, they're in right now, but they're barely, barely in. in. They're like team number 62. Right. I think they take care of business against Arkansas. They move up to firmly in. I think the Florida Gators beat LSU. And then I think South Carolina is going to beat Auburn. And I think that Florida is going to beat South Carolina, and Florida is going in the top half of the bracket and playing in the SEC championship. I th- let me explain why. I think of those teams, LSU has the best player of those teams I just mentioned, and Tremont Waters, right. and Nazareth for that matter. Oh, I thought you were talking about the bag men. Oh, <laughs> later, later. <My> <laughs> later. <laughs> but uh, Vaughn. Kevon Allen. Kevon Allen. Is the I think he's the best player of the, all those Little teams. Little Rock, yeah. Yes. I think he's going to take over this tournament. Okay. And I think they're going to get to the final on that side. I think Ole Miss is going to beat Alabama. And then, like you said, I think Kentucky's going to do what they do, and they're going to beat Ole Miss. I think Mississippi State is going to beat A&M. And then I think Tennessee is going to beat Mississippi State. I think Mississippi – it's such a weird season for – like, they're good. It's the best season they've had in 10 years, and nobody cares. That's what's cra- – it's crazy to me. Um, I think Tennessee beats Mississippi State. Then I think that Kentucky beats Tennessee, gets the championship, and then we get one of those nostalgic mid-2000s where every single year it's Kentucky and Florida in the final. Right. And I think Kentucky beats Florida. I think so, too. But I mean, Florida I, solidifies I, I think their, Kentucky wins. I don't think they Kentucky's going to win this tournament. They're going to win this tournament. There's, there's, there's no question in my mind. They will have upwards of 7,000 fans. In in Nashville, it grows. It grows every round. Yes, if they win, they're going to add a thousand. So they'll have a really big crowd for their for their game on that uh, in the quarterfinals when they probably put the the Ole Miss Alabama winner. Yeah, but what happens is um, somebody loses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they got to sell their tickets. And this happens every single year. Kentucky folks just buy them up. They just drive. They just they'll drive to Nashville Mm -hmm. without tickets. Mm -hmm. Wait for you to get beat, and they'll buy your tickets Mm -hmm. for nothing as you're leaving out of town. Yeah, five bucks. Sure, I'll give you the whole whole session. Here's some gas money. Safe travels back to uh, Tuscaloosa. Thanks. Yeah, you know, (laughs) but that's just the way it goes. And I really predict that. um, I think Kentucky gets hot. The thing about this Kentucky team is they've been good kind of all year, but yeah. you haven't really heard much about them because they got throttled early by Duke. Yeah, and John Calipari has kind of not been tooting their horn no. so much. You know, he's you know I, not sl- normal John. Slow playing it. Yeah, slow playing it. Hey, we're pretty good. Hey, we can get beat by anybody. Mm-hmm. We got to play our best game to win. And he's saying the right things after games. He is, and I but I bet he is unrelentless, relentless. Oh, in that guys. locker room oh, when the camera's goodness. not on, and the mic's not in his yeah. face. And I tell you another thing about this Kentucky team: one still in play. Especially with Duke sliding, mm-hmm. yeah, that one seed's still in play. This is the time of year that John Calipari convinces his players it's time to get their money. Yep, that's right. He did it. With You're going to be on he, TV he did it every with, game. He did it with Derrick Rose in 08. Yep. He did it with guys like Rodney Carney. I mean, all these yeah. guys. When it comes time to, time to play in the tournament, it's time to get your money. Tyreek Evans when he was you oh know, the Sweet Tyreek. 16 run. I mean, you know, like, and he'll do it this year. It's time for Ashton yeah. Higgins, PJ Washington. It's time for them to become lottery picks. Or let me phrase it. It's time for them to show why they are lottery picks. Yes. And that's kind of what's going to happen this week, I think. Yes. So. And I'll tell you, the game to circle here is the Saturday game at 2 p.m., Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You talk about button heads. Yeah. Both of them trashed each other on their home courts. Dude. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think it's – there's one thing, you know, we talk about Kentucky fans buying up tickets. It's starting to become a theme, like when you play at your place and you're not that good, you're okay. It's, hey, we got to buy tickets this game to keep the blue out. It's a right. hashtag, keep the blue mm-hmm. out. Tennessee will show up for that They game. will. 
They will. And it will be a half and half, and that thing will be electric. I need Lamar Peters to go Jamon Gordon and beat Tennessee. Dude, I want that to happen. I'm just going to be real. I want that to happen. I need Lamar Peters to have his head screwed on straight. Yeah. We're going to talk about him in the next segment. We're going to yeah. talk about him, Will Wade. Yeah. We've got some fun things coming up that we haven't even no gotten to. But Sure. Um, yeah, Kentucky's going to cut down the nets. They Sorry. Are. You know, it's just the way it's going to be. Yep. We'll revisit this Catsful. next week. You know, a week from now is Selection Sunday. Yes. So we'll have plenty to talk we'll about, to talk about no this doubt. week. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to come right back, and we'll talk about some more b-ball, little hoops, going to some music and movies. Yes, sir. Some more fun stuff. All right, we'll check in a little bit. Be right back. Do you own a small business? Do you have a new business? Are you a 1099 employee? Have you spent too much money at the Pony this year at business meetings? Have you lost all your receipts? Do you play entirely too much golf on the company dime? Have a tough time keeping up with your petty cash? Business planning? Financial development? All those things? Budgeting? Well, if you have said yes to anything that I just mentioned, or think you could in the future, then you need to holler at my friend Kate Teasler at Teasler CPA. Located on Church Street in Tupelo, Mississippi, she is your one-stop shop for all things tax-related. She is a Dave Ramsey-endorsed accountant with all services that you need to take care of all your financial issues. So contact Kate at uh, 662-317-1100 or Kate at TeaslerCPA.com. She'll get back with you pretty quickly. You can find her on Facebook, Twitter as well. She's hip. She's cool. She changed my life. But you don't have to take my word for it. There's plenty of folks in our area who trust Kate to do their stuff. So with that being said, call Kate. You won't regret it at 662-317-1100 or Kate at TeaslerCPA.com. Welcome back to What's Happening. What a choice, Brian. It's for you, Will Wade. For you, Mr. Wade. Free Will Wade! <laughs> so. Tough times, that man. Oh, it's tough times down in Red Stick, man. Ooh, man. You know, that's, you know, and it's always, it seems like it happens like this. The good always comes with the bad. Yeah, you got the fans down there excited for spring football. It's LSU baseball, which is king. Well, the the top four sports uh, at LSU are football season, spring football season, baseball, basketball. That's right. Well, no, baseball, crawfish season, <laughs> basketball, <laughs> then basketball. And what's bad is they're still supporting the hell out of it. Oh yeah, and they got all that's going on. Yeah. So is Will Wade the martyr? Is he the one that's going to, you know, because he's not a blue blood. They'll get rid not. of him. He's 36. And brand new. Mm-hmm. Brand new. And he's already been put on suspension. Personally, my, my thoughts on this, I want to say shame on you, Joe Oliva. I got to. Joe Oliva, obviously, the AD at LSU. He's calling out players. He suspended the coach instead of just letting the investigation play out. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. LSU is roughly a dark horse national title contender. Mm-hmm. They have, they have, they have the pieces. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it would have been smarter just to let him coach through. Because I mean, here's the thing: let it play out. And here, here's the thing: if you, if you do what you're doing now, and they, they're not. It's the fact that you're doing it now is going to keep them from, from doing it. Right. Because it's going to be a pink elephant in the room. You know, they're like, oh yeah, here's LSU in the Elite Eight. 
but you don't have your head coach. They're, you know, they're going to lose to Kentucky right. or they're going to lose to Duke. I could see them not getting out of the first weekend with all the stuff. But, going but on. or even the first week in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, the first game and like it, because of that. But if he would have just let it play out, let's say they win it all, ain't nobody going to care. Nobody. All it does is give you more momentum before this hits. Man, right. we got to fire Will. Yeah. Sorry. But we just won it. Yeah, congrats on the ring. Yeah, we just <laughs> yeah. won it. So ride the wave. Like, but even, you know, the wins are a joke. In sports, too. I saw eyeballs. Oh, yeah. You know and in mean? and, and, and college sports, too. Specifically basketball, getting yeah. to the Final Four is a big deal. It is. It, it like in the College World Series, getting to the Final Four is not a big deal. Making the playoff not a big deal. They don't remember you. You know, nobody's going to remember this year's Oklahoma. They team. will not remember your name. Exactly, like <laughs> Boagrius. But anyway, no, I mean people know who Oklahoma is because of Kyler Murray, but they don't remember if they played the playoff. They remember that Clemson beat Alabama. It, the only people you remember from the playoff are the people that absolutely got trounced. That's exactly. You know what I mean, you remember like when, when Jameis Winston was at Florida State and Marcus Mariota just curb stomped them. Yeah, you remember when people get thumped, but you yeah. don't remember just the folks being there. But making it to the Final Four, I can speak to this just as a Mississippi State fan. It's the only reason I'm a Mississippi State basketball fan because one year they made it to the Final Four, Mac. and everybody remembers it. So Mac. Syracuse, Kentucky, Mississippi State. Who was the fourth team in that Final Four? UMass. UMass. That's right, Marcus Camby. You're right. That was a good squad. That was John Wallace at Syracuse. Yes, sir. Y'all had Damp. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Dante Jones, Kent- Marcus Bullard, Kent- Kentucky Super had a, D. Kentucky had a dozen pros. You yeah, know what I mean? Literally. That was probably, uh, at that for that time, the most mm-hmm. talented college basketball team of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ron Mercer oh, came dude. off their bench. Their second five was more efficient and better scoring yes. than their first. And, and here's the thing. Tubby, like so, those that was ninety six. Yeah, you had that was Patino's last championship. Yes, right? so you got. These are the coaches in the Final Four that year: Jim Beheim, John Calipari, Rick Patino, Richard Williams. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> it's, it's, pick one. Hard choices got to go. <laughs> that being said, if you're a Mississippi State fan, or even if you just followed basketball, you remember that Mississippi State went to the Final Four. So that's what I was getting back to with the whole Will yeah, Wade thing. If LSU made a Final Four, it would be despite all of this. But now they're not going to. I could just if there's one thing I could bet on as a prop bet for the NCAA tournament, it's that LSU will not see the second weekend. I'm going to say they're going to get beat in there at that 32 at, game at the 32 game. Yeah, I could see that because I mean, if they're say they're a two. Or a yeah. three, because the the committee will take into consideration yes. what's going on, um, like just like they did with Kenyon Martin when he got hurt at Cincinnati oh, years ago, that, and they were thirty one and they two. were the best team in the country by yeah. far. He broke his leg at Memphis, yeah, and they gave him I think the one out of courtesy, yeah, maybe, but, but they loaded that but, sucker, but down they loaded too. it. They knew better, you know. They maybe may have gave him one or a two. I can't remember, yeah. but but either way, um, here's the thing: everybody cheats. That's right. That's not a problem. Everybody good. I I, I have no problem with people. Cheating. Let me just say that, because if you're not cheating, you're not trying, and that's that is the that is the, that is a true statement. And in it's the college not level. by you saying that it's not that you're condoning cheating, but you just understand no. that there's not going to be anything and, done about and, it. And let me say that when I use the phrase cheating, I'm not necessarily meaning you are maliciously breaking the rules, but what you are doing is you are manipulating, n- manipulating, the rules. and knowingly doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Now, what Will Wade is doing is nothing different than what John Calipari is, is doing. is nothing different than what my main man Penny Hardaway is going to do. You know, he's going to yeah. use his connections and get players. Now, mm-hmm. what you cannot do is use your own mouth to speak the words that he spoke. Drug dealers use better slang than he used in his conversations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I'm going to meet this, that guy at that place. It's Mobsters. About this, about this smart situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he also, he throws smart on the bus. He's like, I've done d- easier deals for better players than him. If you're Javante Smart, what are you thinking now? Hold on. Exactly. My coach just told me. Adds to the distraction. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot going on. He will recover. Yep. He's 36. He's, this is not a Dave Bliss situation where you're covering up a murder at Baylor and you're done. Right. He will come back. He will. He will. It's a Hugh Freeze situation. It is. He'll resurface it like. Yeah, you know, so, I can see so like being, a Radford. Yeah, yeah, and then then he's so good, he'll, he'll, he'll climb back up. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is this happened to him so young mm-hmm. and at LSU. That's right. You know, um, the scrutiny the NCAA is under right now because the FBI is looking at this. You know what I mean? Like it's not just like oh, people are telling on people. The FBI is involved. People are actually going to go to jail. Go to jail. They're going to go to jail. And yeah. if you don't want to go to jail, you got to sing. That's right. You know, so who are you singing on? You know no. what I mean? And so, it makes you know. With the whole Adidas thing last year, there's no telling what kind of can of worms this opens up. No. Because now they got a guy. Sean Miller's done, too. Oh, yeah. He's done. He's yeah. done. I mean, he, he has fought the good fight, I guess you'd say. But his press conference yesterday was telling, hey, Sean, you want to speak to your future at Arizona? No comment. Like, last year he was defiant. Yes, oh, I'll yeah. be here. We're going to win. There's no doubt. This. Yeah, we're yeah. going to win the Pac-12. Yeah. But it just shows you they're not going to get rid of Bill Self. You know, nothing is ever going to happen no. to those guys. You know what I mean? Like, Got protected the same way that Nick Saban's protected. I want to ask you a question because we're talking about this. Yeah, this this, this thing in particular, it being Adidas. Is there any coincidence, Ben Howland getting all these players? I'm just asking. Yes, you think so? Let me tell you this. No, we're I, not we're not uncovering anything here, guys. We just we just well. And here's you, the you thing: get, you get Malik. Yeah, you get these. I mean, you get Rich Perry, who's dad Mario Kegler. Get, get Mario Kegler, and I feel like those two guys were. They didn't get enough. They're gone. You know what I mean? They were oh, the yeah. big ones you paid. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you think about it? What I thought, honest to God's truth, I don't think Malik Newman ever wanted to come to Mississippi State. I think. The, I and think from what I understood, he was paid not necessarily to come to Mississippi State, but to not go to Kentucky, to not right. go to Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, and like to not go to Kansas, that's, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, winds up, turns out, and that's where he wound up anyway. Yeah. And I know, I say I know. But I've had several conversations enough with people that I feel like know more than I do about it. These shoe companies, these deal like the the people that do apparel, you'll find this strange, and I didn't know this. Apparently, these people, these lobbyists for these people, they get in with these coaches. It was no coincidence that the the, the strangest happening, and I know it's not football season. Mississippi State is a banner Adidas school. It is a top five Adidas school. Right, because they're an SEC club. They, and they, they, they like Adidas that. loves Mississippi State. One thing that I never understood until a guy explained it to me this way. Two years ago, before Dan Mullins left for Florida, Todd Grantham, who's one of the most respected defensive coordinators in America, comes to Starkville from the University of Louisville. And the D.C. at the time in Starkville, Chris Sermon, goes to Louisville. So D.C. swapped at Mississippi State and Louisville. And oddly enough, one of them was just considerably better than the other one. But apparently, if you look at track records, Todd Grantham has got Adidas people. They're connected. Right. And it's almost like they just placed him at Mississippi State because they knew it was a big needed school. Mm-hmm. And they needed a D.C. But, you know, but like stuff like that, I think it's firmly entrenched, man. I, like, I think that these, like, there's people that have deals. And, you know, now Jordan's in the market. Mm-hmm. Jordan, Jordan's Jordan. coming in, and yes, I mean it's it's so like it's they're 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 hooking on to these coaches, and like when these agents meet with people, I think they're saying, "Hey, man, 
you know, they got an opening over there. This guy's had a good track record. You know, he's never been caught doing anything. He's been to 10 tournaments, whatever. And it's a fill-in-the-blank school. Well, all of this, all this is going to do is hurt the kids. Yes. Coming up. They're minimizing dates. The kids can be seen now. That's correct. You know, um, yeah, sure, regulate it. But before you start spouting off things you got to do, FBI and stuff, mm-hmm. let's maybe consult with people that know what's going on. That's right. You know, I hadn't played AAU basketball since the year 2000 and 2001 sometime. I played for an Adidas team out of Memphis. Sure. We were a good team. We traveled all over the country. Um, and I was not a Division One player by right. any means. But I didn't have to pay for a thing. Okay? I mean, Brian Baldwin from Little yeah. Springville, Mississippi, South Pontotoc, played on an Adidas team out of Memphis. I had all the gear and all the shoes. I went to Vegas. I raised, in quotation, some money to go out there. But I didn't raise enough to pay for my trip or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Never had to pay a dime, you know. But I can just imagine what's going on for kids that do. And let me – I, I want to ask you this because you have ultimate experience over me, and I, don't, I would never know. How has that changed from when you played to now, AAU basketball? Well, when I was playing, what was really big were shoe companies had camps. Yes, Adidas, the A, ABCD, ABCD camp, you yeah. know, uh, Nike Elite, Nike camp. had the Elite yeah. camp, you know, um, and uh, Five Star had the big one up in the, all over the country. Five Star yeah. was the premier place you went to play. But what has happened is AAU became such a big deal. Yeah, where now you can see thousands of kids on a weekend. You know sure. what I mean? In April, you can target them, you can see them, and you know the rest of the way you can do all that stuff. Um, it's become, I, I guess, what I would say, more about what the program is you know what i mean like for instance kids go play for a team because of the shoes they have right the stuff like that they don't go for the best opportunity right you know what i mean um i'd like to use ty jones as an example sure ty um was good enough to play for bigger national au teams he played for the arkansas wings as a sophomore and he was great um and he got his name out there you know what i mean um but they were a full-on nike team eybl team had Ty Jones stayed with that team, he would have been seen at all the big Nike tournaments all over the country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're playing against McDonald's All-Americans and with sure. McDonald's All-Americans, you know, and guys that are going to the USA national team and stuff. That was for one summer. He got his name out there. It was a big deal. He came back here the next summer and chose not to go play on the national level. So he played locally with a team with David Drain, Jarkel Joyner. Yeah. And they won, like, the Division Two national championship down in Florida, uh, the – the Mississippi Kings, good yeah. team. They won it. And he was, I think, one of like the all-tournament teams, maybe the MVP of the championship. Yeah. But nobody knew it. You know what I mean? So the problem is kids, because of what it is, view that they have to go play for these big teams to get seen. And that's the thing. Uh, so many kids, it's, like I said, it's just it's just like a cattle sale. They're, they're flying kids through there. They're flying them around, around the country. People's pockets are getting padded. Runners are getting paid. There's all kind of shady deals going on, and the kids are the ones not benefiting. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, Ty went and played, and he did a great job playing for the Wings, and he was well taken care of, never you know had to pay for much of anything. Um, but there were other kids on his team that didn't get to play much. But those kids had really, like, parents that were there, that like doctors, lawyers, probably oh, sure, kids. Yeah. And they would, like, foot the bill for a lot of things. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing, like, some kids, like, they're – you know what I mean? They're they're they they are they are kind of like a, a meal. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. you know. Then you got guys like Ty, who are real good players. And then you got the D ones who are the meal ticket. And coaches latch onto those guys. If that makes sense. You get coaches in a program, they'll grab a kid and they'll go, "This guy's a D one. I want to ride his coattails." 
and that always ends bad. So that's what I was getting at. It, it, it's just, well, it's just I, a big I wanted to ask a, you, racket. And, and, of course, I didn't think I was about to jump into what I'm about to jump into for a second, but I've always been kind of enamored with AAU because, like, it's one of those things that, just like anything else, like, I'm not here to bash AAU, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. It's to give kids opportunities. And, like, it's it's – but, like, there's a dying art for, to me, like, the, the – Gerald Snyder's and the and right. the Jeff Roberts of the world, who I think just legitimately are probably just trying to get kids out there. They are, they are. And if you notice, a lot of the kids they get out there, not a lot of D ones because everybody knows about those. Yeah, you know, you're a lot of NAIA guys, JUCO sure. guys, Division three guys. They those guys are tirelessly trying to help those kids. The AAU world, it's about money now, Mac. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, it's to answer your question. I kind of went around the way. I want to say this. It's all about money. For instance, Brian Baldwin throws an AAU tournament. I'm gonna charge parents twenty dollars a day to come in. There's no passes. If you leave, you got to. You know, I mean, right. you, know, you know, it's twenty dollars a day. So you're there for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're paying eighty bucks for every person that comes in the gym. Sure. I'm charging these teams, these Nike teams, where Nike is writing the check, or some doctors are writing the check for the sponsor team. I'm gonna charge these teams a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars to come play in it. Okay. Right. And then I'm gonna charge the college coaches to come their programs. Five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars for the tournament packet. You know what I mean? Like the info on all the kids, dude. You make thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars in a weekend. Yeah, and nothing. You know what I mean? Like so. You know what I mean? And and like literally, I mean all, the college coaches saw the same kids they would have seen. You know what I mean? In a random gym on a November night, but they know they have to be there and pay this money. Or they're not, they're 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 not going to see them, or they're going to miss out. And the parents are going to be there for their kids. But all these people running these AAU programs are just worried about putting money in their pocket, one way or another, by charging you for it, by making you, um, by trying to ride your kids' coattails and make money off them one yeah. day as a, a representative. Like pimping them out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're all, not all, a good majority of them are doing that. And there are good ones out there, but you don't hear enough about them. Um, the guy from Team Thad in Memphis, Norton mm-hmm. Hurd. One of the best in the country. Doesn't care about nothing. But his kids always come to play. They're tough. Yeah. They're, they know how to act. That's why I'm... And he's not in it for the wrong reasons. And he's not in it for the wrong reasons. You know, you got guys like him that, are, that do it for the right reasons. When Penny was doing it for sure. Team Penny, the Bluff City Elite, doing it for the right reasons. Didn't need a dollar. Uh, but then you'll, you'll just have some guys, you know, who just, they, they see it as their opportunity. They're, uh, they're 45, 35, trying to hang on to a dream that doesn't matter. And that's that's yeah. the problem. And, you know, I, I brought that up, man, and, and like I said, I, I didn't intend for this to happen, but I equate it to summer baseball. Oh, yeah. Because that's my world. Same thing, man. And the way you just described it, because I didn't know. Before you just said that right there, I didn't know. It's the exact same thing. But they do the exact same They've thing. They've copied each other. And, my like, my kids, our kids, mm-hmm. that play Legion baseball, and I'll argue this to the day, and I don't even mind saying it on our podcast, it's the purest form of summer baseball lift. Mm-hmm. We actually pay for something. We enjoy winning ball games. Like in the same thing that you really didn't speak about, but I'm sure it's the same way. In AAU, you can go up to you know somewhere and play with your team. And if y'all go two and Q, you can go hop on another team. I remember playing in an AAU tournament, and uh, the like the guys that I played on, like even the coach that I played for, it was one of those like rent a player tournaments. We yeah. all just got together to go play somewhere in July, my junior year. Right. And I remember. Well, I joined the team, but the team that I was going to join was already kind of established. They we lost, you know, we didn't even make it out of pool play. But there was a lot of college coaches there from yeah. different levels, and the coach just kept saying, "Well, you know, guys, we didn't make it out of pool play, but like some of you guys had good weekends. You helped yourself." And I'm kind of sitting there going, "No, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. Their team lost. Like, right. you know, what I mean, like, 
yeah, they're, it's about themselves. You know, what I mean, they're they're wanting to be seen. And yeah, there's no sense of pride. Right, and you know, you play for the Tupelo 49ers, you're playing for all this area, right? You know what I mean? Like and it's for, you uh, represent uh, program. Yeah, I mean, it's just bigger so, than yourself. It's just so wishy washy. People jump and around. and I and you know and here, I don't want to say I'm not here to call out, you know, showcase baseball teams, but I am because I know what you're charging these kids, mm-hmm. and I know the message that you're putting across, and I know how fabricated that is. And it, it, it upsets me because I, I'll just give you this example. And anybody that's listening that potentially may want to play for our team. Last year, I asked our kids to sell 20 shirts that were made by Michael Bailey at Premier Printing in Pontotoc. Comfort mm-hmm. color, Cupolo 49ers t-shirts. They sold 20. It equated to $136. And for those that didn't sell 20, their parents wrote us a $136 right. check. Tell me you can find a cheaper brand of baseball. You can. And do what we get to do. But on top of that... I hear about this, and, and this the only reason I can speak to this is because I, I talk to some of these parents. They'll call me, and they'll say, hey, man, we, we want to talk about Legion Baseball. We did this brand last year. It cost us $3,800, and we had to pay for our hotel rooms. And I'll my say, kid, and my kid didn't get any better. Right, and and moreover, he signed with a junior college. And this is this you is do not, that without playing one This is not baseball game. tooting my horn, but I know those guys. I, and if they call me and ask if a guy can play, I'm going to tell them the truth. But my point is, is you don't have to go spend three or four thousand dollars to do that. And it sounds like AAU is the same thing. So it like, is. it's it's it is it there's is less water. There's less down. spending per so or per se by the player. Yeah, it's covered by the, by the by the program. Sure. But if you play for a Nike team, you're going to go to a Nike college, and if you're a pro, you're going to wear a Nike shoe. Like they get yeah. you. It's all about money. Point blank. Yeah. But you know, speaking of baseball, yeah. You know, and not to get off on a tangent, but that, that's a subject that's close well, to my heart. Well, real quick, before we move on, I know we're about to move on to speaking about Melbourne baseball, but I want to speak specifically real quick to summer baseball, travel ball. Yeah. Outside of the money the parents spend, those programs and coaches, the ones that are not in it for the right reasons, which is truthfully. The majority. The majority of them. Um, there's some that are good. My buddy Dennis Heisel, he does Dinger Nation down here, mm-hmm. and he owns a couple of these places where kids can go work out. He takes kids from all over the area. Sure. Any kids from any summer team go work out at his place in Nettleton and Pontotoc. Dennis does it the right, for the right reason. Sure, They're sure. not all like him. Um, and he was telling me you know, one time, he's like, man, I'd love to talk to you. There's all kind of stuff going on in that realm. But it gets me thinking, all kind of stuff going on in that realm. There's three travel baseball teams right now in Pontotoc, Mississippi, and they're all the same age. Really? Okay. So there's, let's just say there's 12 kids on each team. What age group is this? I think they're like 10, 11. Yeah, 12, sure. okay, I got so, you. So now, sure. so now you got 36 kids who play right. travel baseball in Pontotoc. But when these kids are freshmen, there's a whole team of hit kids ahead of them that play. They're yeah. expecting to play. Well, even when they become sophomores, juniors, seniors, there were 36 kids that think they were all-stars in Pontotoc. That's right. They can only play nine at a time. That's right. It creates so many problems for the coach. 100%. And I wish parents could hear the things they say. To coaches, from a from a recording. Oh you no, I, mean? I agree. You know I mean, you know, I mean, like after the after the emotions have calmed down, and go back and listen a day later and say, "Oh my gosh, why I'm not that human being." Most parents sit around and look at the other parents of the game and go, "Well, that guy's an idiot," or "That woman's crazy." Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you do it, they're looking at you doing the same thing. So just right. be be well, selective. And you're about telling that. the kid that he's more important than the team when you do stuff like that. Yeah, that's just a bad and when that, way. And when, when your kid gets home and you, all you do is bash the coach, you're telling your kid it's okay to do that's that. That's just a bad precedent. Set and that's in every for, sport. For life in general. Yes. Like, I mean, you know. You just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. But, well, tell me about some college baseball yeah, we got going on. Two, There's, man, it's picking up. Our two big schools in the area. Let me start with Ole Miss, man. Uh, everybody's kind of like. Still my thunder, Mac. Tell me about Ole Miss. 
dude, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, like everybody, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's Okay, let me explain this. How state fans have been about men's basketball this year, it's almost like Ole Miss baseball fans have been about their team. Guys, relax. You've got the Dana SEC coaches, Mike Bianco. You're 12-3, and three, fresh off a sweep of UAB. Is You're going to be there. fine. Is Ron Polk still at UAB? Huh? Yeah. Is, is yeah, he's still a volunteer assistant. volunteer assistant. That's so cool. The best, man. Yeah. He's awesome. But, man, you're, you, one thing that you can you can rest your laurels on if you're Ole Miss, since Mike Bianco's been there, his teams that have done fantastic have been able to hit. And the reason for that, that they have done fantastic, is because he always figures out his pitching situation, which has not been the strong point to start the season for Ole Miss. It hasn't. But, by God, they can hit. And they've got the SEC's premier hitter in Thomas Diller and maybe another probably top five in Ryan Olenek. And you got two guys like that with good pieces around them, Cole Zabowski. Greg Kester's a pro. Dude, yes, man. Like, they're going to be fine. Relax. I want to speak to Thomas Dillard real quick. Yeah. I don't know if he has a position in, at, the, at the next level. I mean, I know he has a couple. But Matt Stairs did not have a position. Dude. But he was a professional hitter. I feel Thomas <laughs> Dillard's in the same vein. There will be, there will be, be an AL team that will draft there, him. Yeah, there will be five to six years where they probably try to put him in a position. First, and play some first, some right. Right field. If he can figure out the catching, which he used to do in high school. You know what I mean? Like, but most great so. hitters never stay at catcher. No, they don't. Even they, Joe Mauer's a They want to save their now. knees. Yeah. 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 Gary Sanchez fixed good up. Matt Weeders. Yeah. yeah. It never ends. And, uh, but I feel like Dillard's going to be on somebody's roster. And if, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if he played in Yankee Stadium, the balls he would hit in that short porch and run. Think about it, Boston. Oh man, around Pesky's pole, it's like three oh eight. Yeah, and he's a professional hitter at any level. There's, and that's the thing. Somebody, he, he would be honest to God's truth. I'm just going to throw this out there, and this is this is my hot take Sunday, Brian. Thomas Dillard, if things work out for him, he stays healthy. Is the next David Ortiz? Ooh, I like that. He is the next dominant left-handed DH in Major League Baseball. Well, the three best hitters I've ever seen in, in the, mo- the, re- the recent era of baseball, of high school baseball and whatever, are uh, Thomas Dillard. Yep. Uh, Tyreek Reed. <laughs> I mean, nobody – Favorite player that. I've ever coached against. Tyreek Reed was? Well, let me tell you why. For Forever, I was Kirk Presley's assistant, and Tyreek Reed played for Nicky Browning for 13 years <laughs> as his first baseman in Legion Baseball. And I just got to spend a lot of time coaching first base while Tyreek was playing first because we played Pontotoc three or four times a summer. And we just got to where we hit it off, man. We just we talked every time he came. I love Tyreek. I love cool. Tyreek. Such a bubbly personality, easy to get along with, extreme competitor, great player, super kid. Well, my third favorite guy to ever hit was Kevin Caldwell at ICC. <laughs> I wish I could John see John Cohen, I love you so much as an AD. But if there's one flaw in your career, it's trying to fix Kevin Caldwell's swing. When he was at Kentucky, right? Yes, because when I saw his swing – it was one of the best left-handed swings. He's the best left-handed swing by anybody not named Ken Griffey Jr. I was fixing to say the same thing. And <laughs> Kevin's listening right now, so I know he's enjoying this. <laughs> but, John Cohen, for that, you, you need your head checked. But everything else, I love you as an athletic director. Yeah, so those are, those are my three modern-day, like, the best hitters that I remember. So. But, but back, to, back to Ole Miss, man. They're going to be fine. They've got arms. He, Bianco just has to figure it out. Give him time. By the middle of SEC play, you'll have your Friday, Saturday, Sunday guy. You'll have your closer. They'll have it figured out. All right, going to Mississippi State. We got to go to the dude, by the way. Me and you got to make a we trip down dude. there. I want to see the new dude. I'll make it happen. We'll make it I actually happen. got a buddy of mine. Blake Skelton actually has a um, – he's got a – Skelton. Skelton. I think for a second I thought Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton, <laughs> country music artist Blake Shelton, good friend of mine. Uh, but he's got, uh, he's got like, box tickets, and they don't ever get to go. So he's like, dude, anytime you want them, take them. So me and you are going to go to the dude. Probably one Sunday afternoon. Perfect. We can. We can but, go uh, on, the, on the way down there. State is sizzling right now. 
Now, here's the thing. The, some of the teams they played have not been so hot. Maine is 0-13 after this weekend. Remember the Maine. But. Football. That's, that's payback. <laughs> it's always been payback. Anytime you get a chance to just wallop Maine, you do it. Screw the Black But Bears. they also, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because it's the first podcast, but State's coming off of a weekend where they beat Sam Houston State and Texas Tech at the Frisco Classic as two nationally ranked teams. Turn around and play a Tuesday game with East Carolina. Who who beat Ole Miss the Cliff night Godwin? later? Yeah, Cliff Godwin used to be at Ole Miss. Uh, so you talk about three straight wins against top twenty five teams, along with the, the the series win against Southern Miss, the only loss of the year of Southern Miss, and then everybody else they played has not been very good. But this state team's got a chance to be for real. You don't want them to peak early. I don't, but I can tell you one thing that they've got as a feather in their cap is they have a one two punch on the mound that is good as anybody in America right now. JT Ginn. Ethan Small and JT Ginn. Uh, JT Ginn's numbers, as of right now, he is 4-0 with a 1.8 ERA, 25 innings pitched, five earned runs, three walks, and 32 strikeouts. Not too shabby. No, and and we're, we're going to find out. Right. We're going to find out all this soon because – When does conference play start? This weekend. Oh, Mississippi wow. State plays Grambling State on Tuesday. They'll win that game 14-2. Uh, Ole Miss, and I'm so- – I'm pulling that up right now. Ole Miss plays. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus, Brian. I did not see this coming. Ole Miss, check this out. Just going back to them real quick. At number eight Louisville and former assistant coach Dan McDonald right. on Tuesday and Wednesday as midweek of this week. What were we thinking with us? I don't, Mike, I love you, man. I think you're a great guy. I've heard you speak. wins in the non-conference. And that's – Hosting Alabama this coming weekend with SEC. You got five games this week, two against a team projected to go to Omaha. Right. Uh, but, you know, they're doing that. And then on the state side of things, you play Grambling State on Wednesday, and then you go to Gainesville to play the Florida Gators to open Are SEC. Are they like number play. one in the nation again? They're top five. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've lost some uncharacteristic midweek games, but they're. Matt Laporta went there, right? Yes, he did. I remember him. He was fantastic. That was a, an amazing team. That was that a they good had team. Those yeah. years. But that was awesome. Florida's always good. That's they're awesome. always going to have drafted players, players that are about to go in the top five rounds. We're about to find out how good both these squads are. Uh, baseball season excites me. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll go over to Oxford and watch some games. Yeah. I like to pick a nice sunny day in the evening when everybody's out there. And it's just neat. Every oh, yeah. stadium has kind of their thing sure. to do. No, nothing is better outside of this state. You know I mean? I, th- I think yes. Ole Miss and State do it the best. And then LSU. Oh, like, yeah. Th- those are the three. But, I mean, I've been to games in in, in Knoxville when I lived up there. I've been oh, to yeah. games in, in, in Memphis when they're at AutoZone sure. and stuff like that. Just nobody does it. Uh-uh. Nobody does it like Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State. And it's, it's you know, I, just, I mean, this is a Homer thing to say. Ron Polk started all this. He did. In 1976, when he got to Mississippi State and he tried to make baseball important. He put an emphasis on it. He put an emphasis on it. State started getting big. LSU started getting big. And now you look around the SEC, and every stadium just about is an absolute cathedral. Bomb Stadium in Arkansas, twenty, you know, seats 12,000. South Carolina seats 10,000. The new Alex Box seats 14,000. It's every, Ole Miss, Swayze. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane what people are putting into baseball now. SEC baseball is kind of like everything else in life. People want to support what's cool. Yes. Winning is cool. You know what I mean? And you know, and, one and, thing and then, that you can then do. Then your baseball program becomes cool. It's way cooler to go to an Ole Miss baseball game than to go to an Ole Miss football game. And same thing in Star Wars. Same thing in Star Wars. It's and I'll tell cooler. you, the, you know, the weather's nice as opposed to football and basketball. You're outdoors, but there's cool seating. You can get drinks. 
You can uh, you can ha- bring food. There's good ballpark food. There's no po- there's no food like ballpark food. No food. Hot dogs, nachos, barbecue nachos. You know, there's no food like. And you you can grill now. The most interesting. There's tailgating. The most interesting culinary creations we have in the United States is the food served at Major League Baseball stadiums. No, no doubt, the ones they have that they yes. created. So, but very very cool. Start SEC play. Super excited about it, Brian. Man, this this next month, dude. Just I know our next couple pods, man. Where we've got we will talk SEC baseball selection Sunday. This selection Sunday, we've got the Masters. We've got spring training. We've got opening day coming up, dude. I'm I'm, I'm just so jacked. Dude, it's let, so so. Awesome. Well, let's let's take a break. Let's hear yeah. from one of, let's hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come right back at it. Man, I got to ask you something. There's some movies. Ooh, that I want I want I want your take, on. dude. I got one for you that, and I've actually got two. One you're gonna know about. Two you're probably not, but okay. I know you're in. And whenever it comes out in October, you and I are going to see it. I'm down. And maybe it. my mom. Okay. She wants to see we'll it take her too. too. All anyway. right, cool. We'll be right back. Well, it's Friday. You just got paid. You're wondering, where do I need to take my lady? Someplace nice to make her feel appreciated. Well, I got the answer for you guys. You need to take her to the Highway 41 Fish and Steakhouse, a.k.a. the Fish House. Formerly known as Terry's, possibly known as Stegall's, but definitely located on Highway 41 South between Pontotoc and Oklahoma in the fabulous community of Troy, Mississippi. So this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday after church, head south on Highway 41 to the Fish House. You won't regret it. Order a steak, maybe some whole catfish, rooster fries possibly. Shut the door, get a little privacy, get you a sweet tea, eat a basket of crackers, enjoy yourself at the Fish House in Troy, Mississippi. Welcome back to Variety Hour with Phil Collins. <laughs> That's our guy, man. Fridays with Phil is going to be v- my thing. V- Vince Gill and Phil Collins reunion tour. G- Gill and Phil. Dude, let's do it. Oh, my God. Take all my money. <laughs> right now. Yep, yep. So, man, welcome back to What's Happening. Um, Brian, man, we've talked. Gosh. We talk sports, sport, and we love doing that. Yeah, it's it's so great. It's this cool time of year. You're such a basketball dude, and you were asking me the other day about starting a team up. Now, yeah. I want you to pose this question yeah, to me because so, I don't even remember what you said. Yeah, my thing was, you know, uh, professional basketball. It's about winning games, but you know. I feel like you put all these great players of all time on the same team wins this kind of equally yeah. out. But I want to know the five guys you want to start a basketball a basketball franchise with, and it's guys you want to watch play, you enjoyed to watch play. Okay. you know what I mean. So it's 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 not necessarily the team to beat the monsters. We're not going for world domination here, yeah. but we are going for like the five guys on the team that I would like to see play together night in and night out. All right, you ready for this? I am, man, I am. Now this ready. is now this is. I mean, obviously. I didn't include anybody from like before my time. That's cool because it's you know it's not. I put, guys. I put one. I put one before my time. Well, and I, I had one and I scratched him out because like I never saw him play. I've just seen a couple clips here and there because he's compared to another player from today's time. And I'll just tell you who that was. That was Oscar Robertson. But I Man, never saw him play. I gotta say something. There's a funny thread going on on the internet yesterday that my buddy Chad Flowers sent to me, and it was making fun of old players having to guard young players, and Oscar Robertson is a big focus of that. It's yeah. like. Like it showed like Gordon Hayward on the ground with like with his leg broken and it was like Oscar Robertson after he had to guard Stiff for forty eight minutes or something. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> anyway, so yeah, continue. I, you but I, I scratched him out. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is gonna bore you. Jordan. 
He's on my team. Same. And simply because it's somebody I want, I liked watching play. Yeah. More so than anybody, to be quite honest. I was not a basketball fan. This is not a basketball area. But Jordan made America a basketball country. Yeah, it's not a pro basketball area for sure. Right, it's, but it's not exactly. And the Grizzlies weren't even around. So The only pro basketball you got back then was when Memphis would host an exhibition game. That's right. And you go to the Pyramid. But but Bulls, Bucks, Michael Tuesday jo- night Michael Jordan, NBC, Michael, He was not a boring winner. No. Like, I mean, like, you know, like Tim Duncan, a little bit of a boring winner. He taught us how to enjoy a person that could dominate. Oh, man, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. More so than anything, it's it. We had never seen. He was the superhero and the villain, same time. He was everybody same. else's villain. He's everybody else's if you villain. You were rooting for him. He was your villain. That's right. Steve Nash. Kyle Hurd got excited right then. I know, but I won't tell you why I'm Steve Nash. I know Pistol Pete's your favorite player of all time. That's coming. But if and and I've only just seen clips, obviously. But if there was ever anybody other than Steve Nash, like. Like other than Pistol Pete, it was like the modern Steve Nash, and he played for so long, and he had some. He, I mean, he was a good passer. He was a, a team first guy, never controversial. I just I love Steve Nash. Always have. Um, That's a good one. So you got Jordan Nash, okay? Probably my favorite player of all time coming up, Shaquille O'Neal. He he is he's on my list too. Oh, well, I love that we're, we're yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, for, probably for different reasons. And I'll, I'll tell you one of my reasons. We talk about Jordan dominating, specifically from a position perspective. Any position in all of sports, nobody dominated team sports like Shaq dominated the center position. He was the most dominant basketball player, I think, of all time. Ever. even Not even the modern time, because Wilt played in a different era when people right. could not match up with Anybody him. Anybody was 6'4". Shaq played against guys who could actually bang with him. And good ones. He played the golden era. He played, he, he played of in the golden age of centers. I mean, he had to beat David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, not to mention yeah. all the other guys who are geared to stop him. 100%. Like the Bulls threw uh, Winnington, Longley at him. You know, just yeah. big white dudes who just banged him all night. You know, the, yeah. the the Pistons, I mean, they had guys that would bang you anywhere oh, yeah. you went around. I mean, yeah. I That's mean, right. He literally was the most dominant force. And I'll say this. He had to have one flaw, and it was free throws. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you couldn't be perfect because if he could shoot free throws, couldn't have stopped him. If he could have shot free throws – he may have played another five years. Yeah. And maybe got a couple more rings. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you another thing about Shaq. Because Kobe's not on my list, but without Shaq, there ain't no Kobe. No. And Kobe's a fantastic player in his own right. One, of the, most, one of the most pumped up times I've ever had in a basketball game was when they were playing the Trailblazers and Kobe drove the middle of the lane late in that game. He threw that lob and Shaq dunked it and then he looked at his hands and went crazy. I mean, like, yeah. that was a a freaking crazy moment yes. in the playoffs. They were done. Dead in the, dead in the water. Oh, yeah. And they came back and won that game. Then they Incredible. Yeah. But, moving on. Ray Allen. Mm, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yes, sir. Big state. Dude. I've never seen a better shooter, Brian. And it's just, just I guess, oh, to me, he you invented. Never seen, you've never seen a better shooter than Ray Allen? I don't think. Okay. I mean. You didn't make your way down to Springville around 2001. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I I wasn't the best shooter on my own team. But but no kidding. Corey Wade. To me, to me, Ray Allen invented the quick release three. Oh, man. Like, he was the the first guy I can remember. It was like, as soon as he catches that, that sucker's getting launched. And it's going in 51% of the time. Picture perfect elbow, offhand, 
It was so smooth. It was so quick. He never dipped the ball below his chest when he went up with it. He caught it. went from the shooting pocket to the bottom of the net. And people fail to admit this, but he won. He won the title. They were leaving the stadium. People were outside. Won a title. He did. For the Heat. He did. Was that against the Spurs? It was. That was against the Spurs. People they were dead. You talk about dead in the water. People also remember, don't remember how athletic Ray Allen was when he was younger. Oh, my gosh. Played for the Bucks maybe for a little while when he was younger. I can tell you, yes. And I can tell you this. I remember when Mississippi State played in the Final Four. They played against the UConn Huskies, Huskies led by Ray Allen, and he was the talk of that regional. And it was like, well, you know, UCLA got upset by Princeton, yada, yada, yada. Who's going to get past Ray Allen? Did y'all put Dante Jones on him? We did. I thought and so. And he was A little bit of a size disadvantage for Ray at that time. You know, Dante Jones yeah. was 6'7". Yeah, half. he was bigger than Ray. Ray was 6'4". Yeah. Uh, and he hadn't seen anything like that. But anyway, Ray Allen. And then my last one, the dream. Ooh. Dueling centers, I see. Yeah. I like that. I don't. I, don't, I guess when I was forming my the team, team in my head. face up for you, though. Don't worry about it. You're good. Yeah. Well, and I, I got a shooter. Mm-hmm. I've got the best player of all time. <laughs> I've got a top three, five passer You've of all time. You've got the most dominant center. The most dominant center. And the most skilled center of all time. Yeah. That, that's my team. And and off the bench, mm-hmm. just for a little flair, two guys, Jason Williams, Sean Kemp. Man, you stole one of my. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. So, anyway, your, your why. team is going to beat my team. Okay, that's okay. My, but this, my, is, this is for just personal preference. Yeah, but my team is going to be all over YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going my, st- team, my team's going 74 and 8, but your team is going to have all the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I got Steph. Yeah, that's because a good one. He, he does things that people haven't ever done haven't before. Ever done. He's so fun to watch. Handle the ball, no, no shoot doubt. it. Um, I'm going to have Mike for all the reasons you spoke. Obviously. And uh, plus, if I need some good blackjack tips, he's down with that on the plane flights. Um, I'm going to go with. Pistol Pete Maravich, uh, just because he's he, he's good. he's a wizard, and uh, that's why he's on there for me. Um, I'm going to throw Shaq in there as my center because he's so fun to watch. He's a character, and for all the reasons you mentioned about him being dominant, but he's a great soundbite. I want my team to be oh, entertaining. No, no. Also, he was in <clears throat> Uncle Drew. We'll talk about that. Still need to lead to the movie. Still got to watch it. <laughs> and uh, my fifth starter, um, probably the weak weak link of my team, uh, my starting lineup for sure. But I'm going to start. Zach Randolph, my main man, Zebo. I just damn. Are we sure these teams don't match up, Brian? Well, here's the deal. I mean, he's he's really underrated, and he's going to put up a bunch of points. But I mean, I have probably the greatest shooter of all time in terms of stuff. Like what's going forward, I got the greatest player in Mike. Got one of the most offensive-driven basketball players of all time in Pete. I got Zebo who can score until he's eighty, and I got Shaq. And then off my bench, I got Jason Williams. All right, so, so let's I mean, say, let's that, say he, this. He's my, he's my backup point guard. Our Jordans and Shaqs cancel each other out. Our Jordans and Shaqs I want to say our Stephs and Ray. And Ray's potentially cancel mm-hmm. each other. Maybe even advantage you. Yeah. Our Maravich Steph's Nash. probably better than Ray. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, it boils down to can Zebo score on the dream? No. <laughs> so, so, my MVP yes, is Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, you win. Because <laughs> Pete and Nash are both – now, Pistol can score it a little bit better – I mean, yeah, those two kind of – I mean, Pistol's a greater player of all time. I'm a greater player of the two, but Nash was more acclaimed in the NBA. Sure. But, yeah, Hakeem put you over the top there. Well, but, got, but, but, but I don't think you realize how close that was when you started. It was, was close. Like, Wait a minute, man. Yeah. But it just depends on which Jason Williams you get off the bench <laughs> and which one I get. If I get Miami Heat ball Jason Williams, I can win. If you get Sacramento Kings, you're going to be really fun to watch, but he's going to turn it over when it matters. <laughs> yeah. So – 
That's what I got going there. But, you know, uh, tomorrow, funny thing that you bring that up, is the 127th birthday of the first public basketball game played in Springfield, Massachusetts, where the Hall of Fame is. Wow. It's a long time. 1892? Is that right? That's a long time In 1892, that happened. That is wild. So, I got a question for you. I was negative ninety three when that when that game took place. <laughs> what do you What do you think James Naismith would think, Doctor Naismith, the fact, the creator of the, the great game, would think about the effort LeBron James is putting forth, taking taking no more playing no more back to backs and a minutes restriction, trying to make the playoffs. They're they're done, too late to tank, but they're tanking. Brandon Ingram's got deep vein thrombosis in his arm. He might be done forever. I mean, Lonzo's done. Lonzo's hurt. You know. Um, what do you think about Bron right now? Give me, give me, be real. I'll be very real with you, Bron. I think that he has become so egotistical and narcissistic and obsessed with himself. He's consumed. That he is consumed about what he started out to do in the first place, which in his mind, and here's one thing that always makes me upset, and I, I promise you, I'm not trying to start a Jordan-LeBron argument, because you already know my stance. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm Jordan all day. Yeah, yeah, we ain't even going to talk about that. But LeBron consumed himself with that argument. You're right. And Jordan never did. Jordan, he come up, hey, man, who's the best player of all time? Man, get out of here. Stop. You know, don't want to talk to me about that. That's that's. I think that's what Jordan would say. Or it would be a real quick, me, next me? question. All right. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Let me get let me get through here. Yeah, it's yeah. me. Are yeah. you care, are you yeah. serious? So why did you ask me? But if you ask LeBron, I think he's like, okay, timeout. Let me go call Maverick Carter, my publicist. Let's see how we should handle this. And let's let's start a show on HBO where we get six different guests every week, just so that they can slave and talk about how great I am. And I'll tell you a clip that always bothers me on, on this argument. I've seen a clip from 1991 or 92. It was Jordan's first championship, 93 maybe. Anyway. He won at 91-82. 91, right after the Pistons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they ask him, hey, are you the greatest player of all time? you the greatest player in the world? His answer, whether he believed it or not, was the correct answer. He said, I don't know. There's so many great players in this league, Magic and and Bird and, and Isaiah. And, you know, it's, it's just hard. For, uh, Clyde, I, I would like to think that I'm amongst those players, but I don't, you know. I don't. They asked LeBron on his show, Barbershop. He was watching the clip of their comeback against the, the Warriors when Draymond Green just ironically got suspended. And he said, this is this came out of his mouth. He said, this is where I knew that I was the greatest player of all time. He wouldn't even ask the question. Just said it. But you just can't <laughs> that's, tell that's me. That's the most arrogant thing I think I've ever heard. Ever. This and is when like, I knew I was the greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, it's, it's like us going, this is, you know, in episode two, this is when we knew that we were the greatest podcast host ever. In two episodes, and it's not that our two episodes compared to LeBron's career, but my point is, is right. I've always lived by the axiom: if you got to talk about it, it ain't that big a deal. Yeah, if, if you've you got to promote you it, tell it yourself that it's not true. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that because of the way he is like this, it has alienated every player in the league that he wants to come help him get a championship. They don't want to play with him. They don't want to play. I said, you know what? And, I, and 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 I, we've talked about this off the mic before. I think it's going to take one of these young kids or a trade or whatever to say, and, and they may, may ruin their career, but somebody's going to be bold enough to say it. And they're going to say, we can't play with that guy. It may be Brandon Ingram. It may be Kyle Kuzma. I think Brandon Ingram might can hold his own in a one-two with Bron. Uh, especially as Bron gets older. And yeah. Br- yeah. But my point is, is like I think he could easily just say, you know what, man? 
here I am, you know, 23 years old, and I'm hoping to have another 10 years in this league, and I can't get better because I've always got to be worried about what that guy's doing. That's my thoughts on it. I'm sick of him. I'm tired of him. I block him out. I don't think about him. He ruins NBA basketball for me. When I want to be focused on Giannis. I want to be focused on the Raptors. The Warriors' dominance. The Warriors' dominance. Maybe the best dynasty ever, potentially. But instead, we got to put the microphone in front of this selfish coward's face. I'm tired of it. Well, Magic Johnson, if you're listening, I'm just going to tell you one thing. Trade Bron. Please. Just just do it. I mean, like, seriously. Um, He'd catch flack on the front end. He would, but I think think he'd gain respect on the back end. He would, and and I think it would actually buy him years for his job. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think I think Magic's in trouble 100%. going forward because LeBron is yeah. the puppet master. No matter, even though LeBron, Jack, Magic Johnson is the only Lakers player that is probably actually bigger than the Laker brand itself. Yeah, that's true. LeBron came in and he was instantly bigger than the franchise. Yes, you know what I mean. So, I not by like, design, not by design, but by his own accord. I mean, and I'll tell you another thing that he hasn't done. I'd trade him. That even Kobe's done. You notice like. When you go to a Laker game, Besides that's the extra what, two championships uh, Gobi's won. Exactly, but doesn't get thrown in those comparisons for some reason. Anyway, um, LeBron is not endearing to LA. No, he's so me that he's bigger not only than the Lakers but Hollywood itself. So like you used to see Kobe drain a three, turn around, take a bite of popcorn, and give a high five to Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. LeBron ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. He 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 looks at Jack Nicholson as, hey man, you came to see me. Yeah, not. What's up, dude? We're yeah. cool because we're from the same town and we're from, you know. Yeah. And Kobe at least did that. He don't do that. He doesn't. You know, I just. No, you're right. And he's a Drake guy. And Drake's just such a. I can't, yeah. I, I can't stand Drake. <laughs> anyway, you know what's going to happen? Toronto's going to upset the Warriors this year, and Drake's going to go be back on the OVO six god thing. And like I hope, I hope Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi like, will palm. You know him, what, man? His head and throw him in he the was track. a. <laughs> you know, you were a freaking Cavs and Warriors fan the go last back to three years. Get out of here, man. Yeah, Aubrey. <laughs> we alone out of here, Aubrey. But <laughs> speaking of Degrassi generation. Yeah. Talking about some TV shows, man. There's a lot going on. Brian, you see the shirt. You got your Stark shirt on. I got a Stark shirt on. For those of you that can't see this, it just says Stark. It's a Nike sun, and then it's got a crest from a family, and it represents that family of House Stark. So now I know I'm getting warmer. April 8th. Series premiere and series finale of what I like to consider a top three show of all time. April 8th is the day? I think so. Game of Thrones. So be real with me. There's a thousand characters there. We've talked about like uh, that we didn't like before. You and I have talked off the air. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character. I'm torn with two. Okay. They can be dead. Like, you know what I mean? They could have been killed. Well, <laughs> my favorite character in season one was Ned Stark, but he died in episode four. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, then he's going to be the, the foundation of this show. <laughs> Off of his head. <laughs> Next. Guillotine. Um, but uh, I want to say I love all the storylines. That's the thing That's the thing that separates this show from April the April 14th. April 14th. That's right, 14th. I I that wrong. Yeah. But anyway, the, the one thing about this show that separates it for me is that I like Almost all the storylines. You watch anything. Like, I can remember my mom watched ER with George Clooney. I would watch it with him. Like, okay, I like that guy's storyline. I like that nurse's storyline. But these other six, Oh, I like, I like that guy from Revenge of the Nerds. That's all I remember. <laughs> Anthony Edwards. <Yeah. laughs> but he was but gone, I was Thrones, out. The way they set the show up, every episode is provocative. 
there's never a bad episode. You either gain knowledge or you're blown away every episode. But my favorite two characters, I'm going to go with Arya Stark okay. and Tyrion Lannister. Mm, okay. Well, and they had, could not. Here's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen because we've talked about this. They're ad-libbing now. Right. The, the books are done. They're winging it. So it's, in my mind, and this is not going to happen because this is what Game of Thrones does better than any TV show ever. They do the exact opposite. Whatever you thing. expect mm. is not going to happen. Absolutely. It, what I expect, I expect House Stark. Yep. I expect House Lannister. I expect Daenerys Targaryen. I expect the White Walkers to meet in a battle royale. Uh, kind of like the Royal Rumble, over the top like, rope. Yeah, I expect like the Survivor Series yep. where you send your best four. <laughs> That's what I expect. Is it going to happen? Absolutely not. No. Somebody's going to die April 14th in that first episode. I'm like, well. Somebody you want to be there at the end. Yep, there goes Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's what's going to happen. Well, well, we got that, man, and it's such a, such a good show. Uh, I would like to say I'm ready for the, uh, the, sh- the Hound Mountain Showdown. It's got to happen. Dude. I've been talking about it for three seasons. Yes, Let's it's go. got to happen. Let's show this Let's thing. Let's go. The Clegane Brothers Showdown. Um, then we've got, I've got, I've got a couple more. Veep, if you're a Veep, Veep guy. Veep, is that a uh, Julie Louise, Louise Dreyfus? Yeah, and she's it goes she's through great. her running political career. It's great. Yeah. It's a funny show coming up on HBO. It's also a series, uh, series finale coming up on that. Um, then uh, there's a show I'm watching right now, and you'd love this. It's about a comedian, and it's Pete Holmes is the comedian. Okay. And the show is called Crashing. It's also on HBO. Um, but it's the story of a guy that wants to be an up-and-coming big-time comedian, and he's going through the ringer, and the st- it talks about his struggle. And it's so good because crashing? It's, crashing. crashing. it's on HBO. The, as a matter of fact, the season finale is tonight, but they're all available on demand. If you have a good cable package, you can watch them. If you don't, call me. I'll give you my password. We'll you can watch it online. Steal it off Cody app, whatever you want to do on your fire stick. <laughs> <laughs> you jailbroke fire stick. You can't get, get anything. Yeah, if uh, you guys are still going yeah. with those uh, DirecTV cards with the code, you're behind the times. Very, fire, very much fire so. Fire stick will hook you up. I'm about to move into a new house, and I've got to explore my options. <laughs> uh, I know a guy that knows a guy, in other words. We all know that guy. Uh, there's a show. There's a, yeah, but it's, it really is a good show. And then there's a couple more. Uh, Shameless. Yeah. It's on episode, season William nine. William H. Macy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love it. Uh, Emmy Rossum. Yeah. Uh, some guys that you don't know who they are, but you do know who they are because this show's nine years old, uh, and they've been in movies since. But it's it's a good show. Uh, Showtime and HBO kind of have the market. Right. But then you've got Hulu and Amazon and Netflix, and there's just so many. Brian, I know you've well, got I gotta, some. i got to talk about something. I don't, I don't get time to watch much actual television, you know what I mean, actual shows. Yeah. I'm catching games on the fly. Sure. DVR. But I'm able to watch stuff on Netflix from time to time. Yeah. And uh, abducted in plain sight, dude, was something I watched the other day. And and for those of you who haven't seen it or had the chance yet, I'm not going to give you an actual spoiler, but I'm going to say this: uh, having watched that, I am not a parent, but I do know that one of these days, if I become a parent, there is a zero percent chance that I will be the worst parent on the planet. Right? Because these people who are in this film, this documentary, are. Hundred percent. It, it is mind blowing when I watched this. How can people be this dumb? This naive? This uh, weird. Without watching all of it, yeah. it makes me think like you're either that show dumb, it's like that show level dumb, or like the Harambe's murderers' yes. parents yeah. dumb. Like that, that poor gorilla, man. I, yeah. I've never been more saddened about anything than that situation. But how, just anyway, yeah. how dumb are you? But yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. Of course, the leaving Neverland thing is going on. Dude, yeah. And I I'm, I'm going to make, make plans to watch it and. It, that's a tough one for me because, uh, you know, I'm a child of that generation. You were, too. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, there's nobody bigger musically than Michael Jackson. No I mean, doubt. He, he's, the, he's the best. King I mean, of pop? King of pop. And, and, I mean, 
more influential probably than anybody that I've ever listened to just for the way he does. I mean, you, when you hear Bruno Mars today, it's Michael Jackson. 100%. You know what I mean? Like the things that he did and the, 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 the doors he opened. Unfortunately, I'm not going to talk much because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I me mean neither. But I'll say this. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, no doubt. And obviously, he was a creep. And obviously, you know, th- yeah. there will be days for him and his music to be judged. Whether people are going to keep playing it, whatever. I don't. I don't mean teach his own. No, but I'm, I'm hard. To, hard to tout the, toot the guy's horn when uh, when he's done. You know. things he's done. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I got to catch up on. But yeah. other than that, man, I'm just I'm ready for the tournament, dude. I am ready. Like it's so dude. cool because. You can just start watching it at 11 o'clock. We are, let's see, today is Sunday, March 10th. Mm-hmm. By Thursday, no, Wednesday, because you have the play-ins. Mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday, that will be the 17th and 18th, we'll have postseason basketball. Yeah, the 17th is Selection Sunday. No, the, well, you, you, excuse me, excuse me. The 19th and 20th right, is that, when that NCAA tournament yeah. postseason basketball starts. They play starts. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then those teams play Thursday, Friday. That's right. Yeah. The, for the, yeah. yeah. The, so the, the real – I never count the 68, Brian. I hate when people well, call it the first you, round. If the University of Memphis gets in that playoff game, that playing game, we're going to count it. We're going to watch it together. We're going to go do a – I've been hearing some cool things that Indiana it. could be in a playing game, and Archie yeah. Miller would be going back to Dayton. How cool would that be? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. No so, doubt. Several teams in that situation. We've already talked. Texas, Syracuse teams that need wins. South Carolina. Uh, Going to be interesting. I, those games may be a lot more entertaining than we realize. Absolutely. This year, and I think specifically because it's a weak bubble this year. What I think they need to do, the committee needs to start doing, is start trying to lobby to get a handful of those teams traditionally good schools. Not you know, I don't want the number two team from the SoCon that's twenty seven and five. Mm-hmm. Either they deserve to be in or they deserve not to. I want to see Indiana, who's got a lottery pick pro in Romeo Langford, play against the St. number five Joe's. team from the AAC, the e- University of Memphis Tigers. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Indiana and Memphis yeah. in a play-in game. Yeah, I'm down with that. That would be phenomenal. I'll take my chances. Uh, but, no, dude, TV, man, it, it, there's so much good stuff. Springtime's always a good TV time. So. Well, I mean, you know, you and I were moving from TV to the other kind of uh, visual media that we kind of watch movies. You and yeah. I were talking the other day. We just in casual conversation about – you know, awesome things, movies that you know we like the sequels of. We were talking about uh, like Beverly Hills Cop was good. D two Mighty Ducks. D two Mighty Ducks was better than the first one. But I got a question for you: What movie that didn't get a sequel would you want to have a sequel? I got two. Give me two. I've got two. My first one, I think, would be on anybody remotely in our ages list: Forrest Gump. A, a Forrest Gump too. And I'm gonna tell you why I think this could work. Tom Hanks is old. Mm-hmm. Like, and Haley Joel Osment's old and fat. Yes, yes. Older. Yes. But yeah. I think. Silicon Valley is a great show. The, oh, that. dude, that's another good show, and it's coming up soon. Is, HBO yeah. Silicon Valley, Nerd Fest. You'll love it. You'll it's love funny. It. Check it out. Um, but Force Gump 2. Billions on Showtime, also another great show. Anyway, sorry, back to movies. <laughs> Force Gump 2. We left off when Forrest becomes a father, Jenny dies. The events around that time are around the 80s. So what's to say? And this, this, I, I still think he could it's use. Like Tom we Hanks. didn't start the fire. Uh, uh, the yes. Same concept. Like Billy Joel could come out with "We didn't start the fire too," and I would listen to. I it. would do it too. Oh man! Because I, it would just be events from my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But the same timeline. Okay, Brian, I just, I just, I just had an epiphany. Force Gump two soundtrack. Billy Joel out of retirement. <laughs> we didn't start the fire too. And he's anyway. But you started around early nineties. You know. Yes. Forrest, um, he's an adult male now. He's 
in his 40s, I think they could make up in Dr. Tom back enough to where he could still look young. Right. Because he, he doesn't necessarily look that old. But, you know, then you wouldn't have to use as much you know, makeup and CGI to make him look young as the film progressed. But you go 90s in the events during the 90s, man. And then you go into the 2000s, you could go World uh, Trade Center. World Trade Center, man. And then you've got the elections and Obama and him. You know, you know, he had trips to the White House to see Lyndon Johnson and it shot me right in the butt. You yeah. know, like you could have something with Obama and Trump. And they'd like, I think you could make that work. And I think there's you been enough of Nick Saban at an Alabama football game. Yes, and he'd go right. back as, a, as an yeah. alumni be dumb for and not know what's going on. They're retiring as a uniform. Yeah, that would be there'd be some funny stuff there. But and then my second, you'll love this. Happy Gilmore too. Oh my goodness, that'd be great. And he comes back as a hockey player. <laughs> I think that'd be phenomenal. That would be fun. But like the hockey fail, hockey career fails again. So he has to go back to golf because it's the only thing he's ever made fun, m- money at. And I think it'd be even better if you could actually incorporate modern players. Because you think about this. There was no Tiger Woods when the first Happy no. Gilmore came out. There was no Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, like all these We need guys. old John Daly and Happy Gilmore, too. Yes. And, you can, and like that could be like his caddy or, the, you know, and you could pair him up in like some real events like the Arnold Palmer right. Invitation or the Masters. And well, I, I think it'd be phenomenal. I'll tell you something I think would be fun before I give you mine is like a spinoff of that. We have Happy Gilmore too, but even what's even more cultish in the Happy Gilmore realm is Shooter McGavin. Oh. What I would like is the, the, the second, like I would like a spinoff movie that shows where, where Shooter's career went after Happy took over, like how he went down the tubes and you know, kind of like he, he, Ben Stiller in Dodgeball when he yeah, gets fat. At yeah, the that's kind of what I want to see with Happy. I want to see Shooter like playing on the Champions Tour at fifty and can't get over Happy and, hustling casinos, yeah, yeah, just doing stuff like that. Yeah. Running away from that guy, Dude, that it's just, so yeah, you know, Jaws, the guy from Mr. James Larson. Bond. Yeah, yeah. Also <laughs> known as my friend Brian Boatner's father, Buck. Oh, yeah, that's a good they one. look identical. Good one. But anyway. I saw Boatner the other day. He's doing well. I need oh, your two. Oh, my two are, my two are going to be from that same realm, too. First one, Goonies 2. How, same cast? Same cast, grown up. Which is a phenomenal cast that you don't realize until you go back and look at Because Josh Brolin is a world-renowned actor oh my now. Oh, uh, Academy Award. And, uh, and uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, Rudy. Yeah, I mean, he's like, they're big deals. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a huge thing, a huge uh-huh. thing, I think. Um, What'd you do with Corey Feldman? What would I do with Corey Feldman? I mean, I'd have Corey Feldman on there. He's just still a weirdo. Nothing's changed. <laughs> it, but think about it. People revitalize their careers in their 40s and 50s, like Pulp Fiction did with John Travolta. True that. Like Tarantino yeah. does that with folks. He does. Like a Carradine guy and Kill Bill, like kind of brought right. him back. For, but imagine, think about how like a really well scripted and directed movie could like revitalize Corey Feldman. Let me ask you this. Goonies 2. Make it happen. Would it be their kids? It could be both. It could be like returning to the goondocks. Like they could all be there. Yeah. One of them dies. They they were they get back up together and there's a new something. You Who know plays I mean? Sloth? You, anybody. I mean they could figure that Gregor out. Gregor well, Cleveland. I think it was uh <laughs> I think it was John Matuzak was Sloth, the former NFL football player. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you would find somebody in that realm. J.J. Watt would be great. Oh, dude, J.J. Watt is J. J. Sloth. That'd J. J. be J.J. Watt would be man. great. Be he, so he'd be good sick. at that. And he'd uh, do it well, too. He would. And like the guy who plays uh, Chunk is, like, skinny now. The guy, the triple shuffle guy, he's oh, skinny. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Be fun. Like, you know, you're not fat anymore. Oh, and they, yeah. could, they could say, hey, Dan, do the trip. Really, man? Really? <laughs> really? Not fat I got anymore. a six-pack now. I had weight loss surgery to get away from that. You know, stuff like that. People never forget. And my second one, and I think this one would be fantastic. Man, White men can't jump to drop your mic. <laughs> drop your mic, that dude. dude. I would love for them to go. I need your cast. I, I, need it I right would. Now. Oh well, well, Woody. 
Woody stays. He's a coach now. Woody and Wesley. No, they're just old dudes hustling. At, hustling. They're old dudes hustling. But they can play. They they meet up. Yeah, they can play. But it's like it's like for instance, I would have been a hustler at twenty five, like when I was fat at the playground. But I'd even be a better hustler now that I'm thirty five. Because you don't look your old anymore. Yeah. yeah, and like they, I could see them like, you know, going to the East Coast. Like going to Atlantic City to gamble, going to Vegas to yeah. gamble, doing something, getting together, the wives hanging out. They yeah. have kids now. You know, I could see one of them uh, having a child that's a college level basketball player Ooh, and like yeah. going to play in a three on three tournament, something yeah. like that. You know, like, you know, with the sons. And I could see a, a white man can't jump to being Love really fun to watch. That idea. Bring back Rosie Perez. Yes. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. I think she, it'd be great. She, uh, Jeopardy Champions Tour. Absolutely. Or Jeopardy begin with the letter Q. <laughs> Yeah. What is a quahog? Queenha. Quinoa. But I think I think white men can't jump to would be great. We need to revisit this topic because I know we're going to think of more at a later date. Oh, like episode fourteen, we're going to do movie sequels. Yeah, or so movie I, 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 tell, I tell you what, I want you guys to do that are listening. I want you to tweet us, please, some movies that you would like to have sequels of, and maybe uh, tell us know. why, or we'll tell you why we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love. I mean, our Twitter and Instagram it's all really interactive. So feel free to hit us up there. We would love to have your input. I mean, no for doubt. Sure. But you know. I want to ask you something because I'm always kind of doing something new uh, in my life, trying to modernize, get new things. What's sure. on your playlist right now? What song do I need to listen to? Oh, Brian, man, you really, you really got in me there. I wanted man. you I'm... to not be prepared for that one before we, uh, before we let folks go. Okay. Um, can I have like three minutes and run down some movies? I think that are going to be that need might to help see. you come up because with your I song. need some time and I'll let yeah. you tell me. Go with movies because I got some music. Go ahead okay. with movies. There. Okay. So some movies that are coming out in the not so distant future and some in the somewhat distant future. Uh, one that is hot right now. It may have come out this weekend or it may come out next weekend, but it is the new Jordan Peele cult classic, Us. If you saw Get Out. If you saw Keanu, uh, you had to enjoy him. I'm sorry. I'm down with the trailer because it plays I Got Five on it. Yes. <laughs> I Got Five on it. But anyway, low-budget films that this guy has turned into gold. Yeah. And, and they're like, so well-written. They're humorous. They're scary. Like, and, like, there's, a, there's a Shyamalan twist. And ha- Exactly. How do you even explain? Like, if somebody hasn't seen Get Out, how would you even explain that to them? Hey, what's it about? Uh... Just go see it. Yeah, people <laughs> it's might really not have good. seen it, but we won't tell you. But Get Out's worth watching. And 100. And Keanu, I thought was hilarious. Oh yeah. Just and like these are two movies I would have never seen until someone's like, dude, you got to see it. Anyway, Us is kind of the same concept as Get Out, but we don't really know. That's what's so great about it is like it looks like it's going to be some suspense, some horror, uh, maybe a little twist of comedy in there. But like Jordan Peele's figured it out. Yeah. And that's a movie I'm definitely going to see. And if we can get a free time, I mean, you need to go see it. Like a Monday, like. Evening? Do they let us, they make us pay still? Like we'd have to pay like regular matinees usually like Sunday. We might have to go check it out. Like a matinee, like, yeah, like, like the before five we do a podcast, or or yeah, yeah. Or it's probably like eight now. Yeah, it's but expensive. They got those ridiculous. nice. They got those nice seats. But anyhow, uh, and then some in the not so distant future, Rocket Man, Taron Egerton's going to play Elton John. They're I think playing off the success of Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I think it's one of those deals where. They've seen that. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of movies where it's they're like biopics, mm-hmm. and I love movies like that. They always make for the best movies for the most part. Like I'm down with the that. story of a one person, one band, one team, one player, whatever. Really, really cool. The movie that I am the most excited to see about that I know that's coming out over the next two or three years. I hadn't told you this one. It's called The Irishman. I was watching the Oscars with my roommate, my mom. 
and I wasn't watching. I didn't even want to watch the Oscars. I didn't really care, but she always watches it. She liked it, and she enjoyed it. We had it on. We were eating spaghetti, whatever. Commercial comes on, and it was the shortest, least informative trailer I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. But let me just go ahead and tell you what's up here. First name I see, a film from Martin Scorsese. Second name I see, Al Pacino. Third name I see, Robert De Niro. Fourth name I see, Ray Liotta. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting here thinking, is this Goodfellas too? I was about to say, another movie that should be made. Is this, I mean, there we go. <laughs> but, that was it. It just said, coming fall 2019. The, <laughs> I finally looked it up. From what I understand, it's a storyline about the murder, the kidnap, and the aftermath of Jimmy Hoffa. He's buried underneath the end zone in Giant Stadium, the Meadowlands. And, dude, Scorsese's directing this. It's and I'm going to tell you something. I'm a mobster movie guy. If I see Scorsese, Departed, Casino, Goodfellas, I'm in. I need nothing else. That's all I need, and I'm in. This is going to be phenomenal. That's gonna, I'm glad you told me about that one. I had no idea. But, but, but it's, I think it's fall of 20, October, November of 2019. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm so in. But anyway, tons of good movies otherwise coming out. There'll be some summer blockbusters we don't know about yet. We'll mention those in some upcoming podcasts. But no. Brian, okay, I want you to tell me what's in your playlist right now and give me just a second and I'll, I'll chime in with them. All right, well, I'm going to tell you. i got two albums that okay. I, I've really been spinning, uh, I guess you would say, somewhat often. Um, the first one is the new Andy Frasco album. Yes. Change of Pace. It's it's awesome. I mean, top to bottom, it's great. A uh, little bit of everything for everybody in that one. Some slow songs, some jamming songs, some fast stuff. Yeah. Some hip hop stuff. Uh, he's got a, a mariachi sounding song at the end. I think he wrote with Killer Williams called uh, "Don't Freaker Let the Haters Get You Down." Right yeah. by the Killer's speaker. my guy. So everybody, Andy Frasco's a really cool guy. Spin that that album. Uh, buy an album. Listen on Spotify. They don't get paid as much, but I'd rather you do that than rip it off somewhere for free. I'll so, buy it on Google Play. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the second one, um, man, Mitch talked about this in his interview, and I've actually coincidentally been spinning this album. It's uh, John Prine's The Tree of Forgiveness. Yeah, I'm even John talking Prine's about that, man. Forgiveness. And um, the whole album is really good. Knocking on Your Screen Door is awesome. But if if I had to rec- uh, tell you one song to listen to on that album to kind of get you sold, listen to on John Prine's The Tree of Forgiveness, listen to the song When I Get to Heaven. It's pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, he's probably like the, the best living songwriter that we have currently. No kidding. I mean, people talk about Dylan. Sure. And Dylan's great and all. Uh, but I just I prefer the songs of John Prine. Um, so I would go with Andy Frasco and John Prine. They're the two things that are, are that. really heavy in my rotation. And, of course, always I'm listening to Jason Isbell, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. But, right. But those two are the two I would recommend this week for our listeners. And all of these people that, that Brian just mentioned will be remotely local within the next year. Yeah. They'll I mean, either be at Blue Canoe, they'll be at BCS Arena. We've already talked about Isbell and Frasco. I mean Yeah, John Prine. I mean he'll he'll be some he'll be in Memphis, he'll be in Nashville, Birmingham. some Birmingham, somewhere you can yeah. get to him. Uh Mitch went all the way to New York to watch him in Sturgill, which is so cool. All, Radio City Music so Hall. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, but, but yeah, but that's the two I got. What you got? I know you got a couple popping your head over there. All right, you're, <laughs> you're going this is gonna take a turn on you here. Okay. My first one is a man that just performed here in Tupelo. He's reinventing a genre. And that's going to be Luke Combs. Okay, I'm just really into this guy. He's good, man. He really is. He's and he's he's you know and and we've talked about this before. He's doing stuff that we did, man. Like you he mentioned is. it, it was like this guy goes and shotguns and beers, spikes and on beers. Yeah, and he's he goes and shotguns and beers, spikes it on stage and plays a good old school 
twang country mm-hmm. tack. That's it's real country. Got. It's real it's country. Real country. He's got it's what we heard in the nineties. It's what we heard in the And it's the stuff 80s. about drinking beer and breaking hearts and Which getting is yours what broken. Country is. And you listen to any George Strait song, any Garth Brooks song, any old Alan Jackson, Travis Tritt. That's what it was, mm-hmm. and that's what made us endear country. You're right. And I love Luke Combs, and he's got some. I'd sit here and tell you three songs, but they're they're good. They're all good. Yeah. Just check it out. Listen, yeah, I will. The other, I'm really really spinning a different direction here. I don't know why, man, but like, ever since I've been out of teaching and coaching, I have lost touch with the modern side of music. Okay. And what kids these days love, especially athletes, is rap. Yeah. And I I may be behind here, but I'm into some Migos, man. Okay. I, I, I it's love, hot. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to be trendy, but, like, I love their sound. Like, they're, they're and, and rap doesn't have staying power. You know? like it, it is. There's, like, three guys, like, Pac, Biggie, Eminem, Jay-Z. Like, that, that's the list. You know, it's not very expansive. Migos has kind of been around for a while, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like I just I love their sound. They're recently in a cranberry sprite commercial, and I, I ch- this is crazy. They're riding like little kids like scooters in somebody's living room. I thought the song was one of their tracks. I tried to shazam it, and it was like <laughs> drip splash ice on my wrist. I'm like, oh my god, it's kind of catchy. Banging here, and it's Migos. like shazam not available. And I was like, so that's just that's just a sprite yeah. commercial. But Tease. Anyway, they got so many good tracks, man. And I know that they're coming up with stuff cool. And I, I don't get into rap a lot because. There's some those guys come and go. Soldier Boy was yeah. a thing like ten years ago. And Tell them, yeah. <laughs> Hop up out the bed. Yeah. <laughs> turn my yeah. swag on. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I, I love Migos, man, and I, I know awesome. the kids do too. So well, I'll tell you, since you mentioned Luke Combs, before we wrap it up, I'll tell you, check out a band, modern country band with an old sound named Midland. Midland. M I D L A N D. Y'all check out Midland. They're good. They're uh, they're, they they've got a good sound. They sound like somebody you would have heard in about 1994. And that's my that is yeah, country. Absolutely. Uh, you even the old old people they they're gonna say Hank Jr. Hank Senior. Conway Waylon. That's good stuff. But my country, Travis George Garth Allen, early Kenny. Early Kenny. Early only Kenny. Yeah. It's kind of like early Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch Remember the Zohan, just like I'm not going to listen to. Like, listening to Big Luther, not Little Luther. Uh, yep. Dance with my father. He's so, man, it's almost time for Luther. <laughs> One shining moment's coming. They better, they better bring it back. They better bring it back. We're going we're gonna to open up the next podcast with it. Done. We will. We will do that. Folks, thank you for listening. We've enjoyed this. Episode two, uh, that's going to be a wrap. Uh, Stay tuned. You have no idea what we're going to we'll, do next. We'll have another one or two for you next we'll week. Have a, we'll have a guest. We'll do our own thing. We're going to bring you up to speed on everything else. We'll see you next time on What's Happening. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at HappeningPod, H-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, all one word. Uh, tweet us. Interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Folks, have a fantastic week. Peace out. Peace out.